Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's nice to have your company. It's nice to have anybody's company at this time of the morning, because otherwise it can be a very lonely experience in London. You know, if you're one of these people, and I do see them standing by the bus stop, their little overnight bag in one hand, you know they fail to pull in the disco. So they're standing there and they have to sit on the night bus looking around thinking, I don't know, which one looks likely? And the answer is nobody on the night bus ever looks likely at all. Nevertheless, it is Friday. We've made it through the week. It's been a very good week for LBC. Very, very good. Very good week for me. Very good week. I can't complain about anything at all. So I, I tweeted yesterday how, how good everything was and my boss retweeted me, which I thought was quite good. Uh, anyway, on the programme for this morning, as usual, if you, if you don't know how this show operates, I shall explain it very simply. It's me. OK, that's it. There is nothing else. We don't do bells and whistles. We don't do sing-alongs. Uh, we only take your texts and emails on the programme. But surprisingly, we seem to do fairly well just doing that up until seven o'clock in the morning. And we do it five days a week, but I'm on air for seven days a week. I know. It's called getting value for money. Uh, Why you should wash your fruit and vegetables. I was having a discussion with a friend of mine, Nicola, earlier on. And and I said, I don't wash my my fruit and vegetables. And she said, don't you? She was quite horrified. She was quite horrified. And I said... "Um, no, as I've never have done. I think my mother used to wash grapes years ago and plums and stuff like that, but I've never bothered. I just eat it. And I'm, 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 I'm just about to say, of course, I'm quite healthy, which, of course, I'm not. I'm not healthy at all. I'm not I'm not a fit person. I can walk to the bus stop. I can do the bus stop. OK, sometimes I wish we could take a taxi. There was a bloke got on the bus yesterday at our favourite bus stop because I did an interview yesterday with Clark Peters. And I've not interviewed Clark Peters for 30 years. He walked in. He went, hello, Steve. And I said, hello, Clark, because he's in The Wire and, uh, well, he, he was in The Wire, but they're still showing that all over the place. He's got five guys named Mo, which is up at this temporary theatre at Marble Arch. It's, it looks like a circus tent. You must, you must go, seriously. And, um, and he's also got a show coming on the television about the history of tap. So we had lots of... Lots and lots of stuff to talk about, but he was, he was lovely. So anyway, so I go down there and there's a bloke standing by the bus stop and he looked like one of those... You know, you couldn't quite work out why he was going to get on a bus in the first place. He looked a little bit as if he probably wouldn't get on buses very often. And he had a flat hat cap on and all the rest of it. So the bus stops by me. It doesn't stop by him. It stops. So I get on the bus and he comes up. There's nobody else on the bus. He comes and sits right behind me. I don't like that kind of thing. And, you know, it's invading my, my space. And, um, and so we sort of set off and the bus goes from here to uh, St Martin in the fields. And then the bus turns left. You can go straight on if you want to go down to the embankment. He gets to the traffic lights. He gets up and he goes to push the button to open the door by himself. And the driver goes, don't touch that. Don't touch that. He said, I don't want to go straight on. And the bus driver says, we're not going straight on. He said, we're going left. He said, I don't want to go left either. But he's only just got on the bus. As I say, one of those sort of people who perhaps shouldn't have been allowed anywhere near the bus. So he, he pushes the button anyway and gets off the bus. And the driver goes to me, see... You know, and you think you have to deal with people like that. So he hasn't actually gone anywhere. He's obviously a bit of a simpleton. And because I'd already said to him, excuse me, mate, thinking if I sound a bit butch, it should be OK. Uh, I said, it doesn't go. It's going to go left. Don't wanna, I don't want to go left. I don't want to go straight on. Well, where else do you think it's going? It's not in Harry Potter. God, there's some people out there on the streets, aren't there? Um, um, yes, thank you, driver. Yes, in that particular. I just wave at them now. I don't actually say thank you, driver. Uh, a star of Oliver frets about Rude Adele. Megan goes back to her roots, Megan Markle, you know, the one who might or might not marry Harry, like I really don't care. And uh, apparently her roots are in 
Ebuy Gum Yorkshire. Well, that's going to go down very well, isn't it? I'm sure they'll come up with a with a title for her. Uh, also, the arrest figures plunging by half. Disney having their first gay character. So I think it's actually you know Disney. You can't imagine. Sorry. My one day my prince will come. Now turns into one day my princess will come. You know, and we're going to have sort of gay characters all over Disney's things. I enjoy, I always thought, you know, Bambi's mother looked slightly, uh, slightly odd anyway. And some of those dwarfs, you know, I mean, you're not telling me there wasn't a gay one amongst them. There must have been. In Frozen, I mean, you know, most of the men looked like slightly left of centre. So I've always thought there were loads of gay characters, but it never actually it never actually bothered me. I tried not to sort of think about things like that. Uh, Westminster Women's WhatsApp group have named sex shame MPs. Pervy politicians should be very afraid. They don't care now. People just name people in, in high office. George Bush Sr., he's groped another one. There's obviously a raft of these people. An aide to him, because he's in a wheelchair, said, oh, it's just his way of being funny. I don't think it's funny. You know, would it have been funny if one of those women had turned around and smacked him in the mouth? I'm sorry, what do you think you're doing? It's only a bit of a laugh, isn't it? No, it's not a bit of a laugh. It really isn't a bit of a laugh. Don't do it. People don't want to be touched, thank you very much indeed. You know, unless you're in a situation where you're either married to somebody or going out with them, in which case you can do whatever you want. But you don't do it to a perfect stranger. I don't stand in the lift here with a load of people and go, hello. You just, you just don't do it. You know, why it would be any different for George Bush Sr., I don't know. He's, he's of that age where he should know these things. You just, you just don't do it. I mean, years ago, admittedly, things were a little bit different. People did show affection. Nowadays, people don't show affection because it might be unwarranted affection and somebody might not be on the same wavelength. So you, you tend not to do that kind of thing. I mean, I, I switched off from that kind of stuff donkeys years ago. I, it, it, I can't be bothered with doing anything like that. Who cares? Who ca- if somebody says, oh, should it go out? No, thank you very much indeed. No, I'd rather go. I'm going out with a friend of mine. Uh, tomorrow, who's down in London. Uh, in fact, actually, I think they're going to be down in London today, but they're going to see some friends, and then we're going to have lunch tomorrow, which I'm looking forward to. And I like that. That just sort of suits me fine. I shall then get home. I shall poodle around. I shall Because I've already eaten, I won't need to eat again. So that'll be quite nice. And, um, and then I shall come in here on a Sunday and tell you all about it. Because I like doing things like that. Somebody, people always say to you on a Friday, don't they? They always say, so what are you going to do for the weekend? And I, I always think it makes me sound quite dull if I go, well, actually, this weekend, I'm not really doing anything because I need to recharge my batteries. every. So, well, you've seen the spike. You need to recharge your batteries. And we have two spikes on this programme. I mean, it's, it's really, it's, it, it's good. It's very, and it's all down to you. Well, I mean, it's down, some of it's down to me because I have to be here to do the programme. But then it's down to you when you go, what should we listen to at, you know, 10 past four in the morning? LBC. Put on LBC in the morning. Because at least it's it's a friendly voice, kind of. <laughs> you know, you have to accept, you know, what goes on on the programme. Sometimes it's tongue-in-cheek. Sometimes it's sort of, it's taking the mickey out of things. But uh, it's, it's, and sometimes we get angry. Sometimes, like, I'm angry about a picture in the paper today. And I've watched the video. And it's an 87-year-old woman in a supermarket, in an Aldi. Uh, and there's two people, an elderly gentleman, well, I say elder, he could be about 50s, and a younger gentleman, and the elderly one distracts her while she's looking at things, and the other one pinches her wallet. He literally, blatantly, I mean, either he's the thickest dimbo that you've ever seen, or he doesn't realise that there are cameras everywhere. And in this particular supermarket, there are cameras. And, oh, sorry, she's 82, I do beg your pardon. But it's on the LBC website. Have a, have a look at it. If You might know these people. 
You might know them. They thieve. You know, and I'm sorry, if you thieve from an 82-year-old person, they then ran out of the shop. And, as I say, they should, you know, it's just really awful. Is this the same? This isn't the same one, actually. No, th- this isn't the same. This, an- this is another one. My one's different. On this one, they've already found them and they- they've named them. No, my one is a, is a pensioner who was pickpocketed, which, is, uh, which I've only just seen in the... I don't know whether it's going to be on there. She was... Yeah, she, my, mine is 87. This one was, it was 82. She's pickpocketed in an Aldi by somebody who, who distracts her. And the other one just puts his hand in her bag and takes her, her thing out. And I'm, I don't think that's right. So I get a bit angry about those sort of things. And quite rightly so. There you go. Callous pickpocket. There it, is. it is on the LBC website. And it's, it's just really not good. And you see on the, the camera that she's being distracted by an elderly man. The young bloke literally puts his hand in her pocket and takes her wallet. He's holding a basket. He's easily identified. They've got them on closed-circuit camera. I want them in prison within about a week. Look, he just lifts her wallet and casually puts it and walks away. What a piece of filth. I'm sorry, but, you know, there are certain things that you sort of watch, and it's on the LBC website. What does it come under? Does it come under? It's just... It's on our, our Twitter page. It was in Oswestry. And they've got a great picture of both of them, you scumbags. Look at them, honestly, pieces of filth. How can you steal from an old woman? 87. She didn't know what was going on. She didn't know what was going on. I'm glad that the pictures make them recognisable. Somebody better tell the police. West Mercia police are looking for these two. You will be given anonymity. Good. Go on, shop them. Shop them. How disgusting are they? Horrible people. Anyway, over in Thailand, 250,000 people turned up in black to uh, to uh, cremate the um, the king who died a year ago. Uh, bless his heart. He was obviously very popular. You all have to wear black when you go to there. Nowadays, you don't tend to wear black to go to a funeral. People like it to be a, a joyous time. But they actually took the urn with them so they could pop him in it. And um, But he seems to have been standing up. I couldn't quite work this bit out. I wasn't sure if he was standing up. You know, in Mexico, they have odd things that they do with dead people. When I say odd things, they sort of put them into one of their favourite poses. So you've had a guy astride a motorbike. He's actually dead. And you'll find pictures on, online. There was one bloke buried with his car because he loved his car. In, in Russia, if you're, a, if you're a ne'er-do-well, a gangster, when, when, when they bury you uh, on your headstone, it's, it's got pictures of you and the name of the gang that you were in and stuff like that. And you think, well, they're still dead, whichever way you look at it. But the King of Thailand, beautifully done. Really beautiful. I mean, really, really beautifully done. Absolutely amazing. And I like things. I like things with a sense of occasion, things with a sense of purpose. That's what I like. Just just going back, I'll tell you what will happen. This 87-year-old woman, they'll, they'll find out how much money she had in her purse, just in case they don't get the purse back, because they will have taken the money out and the cards and thrown everything away. But I shouldn't imagine an 87-year-old has cards in there. There'll be a public outpouring for this lady. People will, will donate money. There was a man who had his wallet nicked, uh, I think, during the week. He had £500 in it to spend for Christmas. And somebody thieved it from him. And this, this lady took money out of her account and gave it to him. And he burst into tears. Because you do nice things for people. When we raised money for, for Make Some Noise, you do something nice for somebody who is less fortunate or somebody who doesn't have the opportunities that you've got. And that's why we raised a tremendous amount of money in, in one day. Because that was through your generosity. And this 87-year-old, this 87-year-old, it's a case of people will give her money. She'll end up... Do you look at that man who was mugged? 
he ended up with so much money, they bought him a house and everything, which he didn't like, actually. He ended up going back to his old house. But uh, that's the thing that you do, because you're, you're very good at stuff like that. You're very, very good at helping people out, because it's money that you don't have. There was a lady who was the last survivor of the Titanic, who, who, um, who went into sort of financial... I don't know. She just had a hardship, I think. And I sent her some money. And her solicitor wrote back and said, thank you ever so much indeed. That was so sweet. Lots of people have sent her money. Because I don't like to see people suffering. I don't like to see people who don't have things. And if you can spare a little bit, no matter where it comes from, then I think you should spare a little bit. And that's why I think that through this poor lady... And she didn't know she was being pickpocketed. That's probably a blessing. Somebody might have said, do you have your wallet? And she went, oh no purse actually it's always wallets for men purses for ladies and so she wouldn't have it but I reckon that the public round there in Oswestry I reckon that they will they will have a whip round and they will they'll make sure that she doesn't miss out on anything so because that's what you do and you do it so well and that's why this program likes to highlight that we don't do it all the time because mercifully this sort of thing doesn't happen but when it does happen I like to highlight it so that people you know, and I've known people before who've sort of contacted a supermarket and said, listen, we heard about this on LBC and, you know, can we send some money down to this uh, lady? And somebody would say, yes, you know, a lot of people have sent money in or dropped money in. And I think that's nice. I think that's what you do. And, uh, and thank God for that, because one day it might be you. One day you might be that elderly person who's confused. You might be that person who doesn't know how to get from A to B. I always help people out. I'm a total failure at it. Because I can't remember anything. I don't know where things are. So somebody will say, I'll, I'll see a tourist or something, standing by a bus stop, period, and I'll go, where are you, where are you trying to go to? And then you realise I don't speak any English, so it's a, kind of, it's a no-brainer, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Patsy is going to have lunch with Tony Poledri today. Yee! He's gearing up for a, for a, a busy season. I think he's had a very busy season down there at Little Italy, which loved. We went down there uh, a short while ago, actually. A crowd of us from here raucous little crowd we were and uh, Tony looked after us it was lovely actually it was really nice people are nice I don't care what anybody says I know that sometimes you look at this world and you think what a miserable blooming place it is you know where sort of people take advantage of other people and people thieve from people and people take things from them and 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 you sort of think to yourself I'm sure it isn't all bad at the end of crime watch they used to say don't have nightmares sleep well because it's it's only happening to a, a few people sadly but uh, for everybody else, we're out to enjoy ourselves and we're going to make sure that this year is going to be a good year. You might not be having a particularly brilliant time. You might be one of those people who's looking after somebody who's ill or who's seriously ill or terminally ill or they've had an accident or somebody's lost their job. There's all sorts of reasons why people listen to the radio. And that's why we, we well, I couldn't care less whether you're two foot tall or ten foot tall. I couldn't care less whether you're black, white, green, pink, blue with red spots on, gay, straight, bisexual, lesbian, transgender, anything. I really couldn't care. It makes no difference to me. Makes no difference to me at all till I meet you and then I suddenly realise why I don't like certain people. <laughs> but it's true. I don't, we, radio is a great leveller. It doesn't matter, does it? It doesn't matter what, what somebody is, what they look like. As long as they're normal, decent people, I can cope with that. I see people all the time. People always. I don't think a day goes by where somebody doesn't say, are you Steve Allen? And I always go, I might be. And there was somebody shouted at me the other day from a, some yobbo in a van. He said, because I was <laughs> I had my, my jacket off and so you could see my arm. And he went, radio presenter with Burns. <laughs> I thought, yeah, that'll be me. That'll be me. But anyway, uh, so that's that's how the programme runs in the morning. You, you can send in texts and emails. We, we go through phases. Yesterday we were doing desserts. 
because uh, I was watching Phil Vickery on uh, this one. He was doing a curry the other day, which had far too complicated for me. Way too com- What have I done with my phone? Way too complicated for me because it had all sorts of things uh, on. And um, and he was doing there were sort of beans and all sorts. Oh, God, I hope they... Do you know, Aldi have already got £200. We're raising £200. And uh, so I reckon... Is that... We don't know who this person is, but um, it's got... Is that how much it's got there on the right-hand side? Is it really? They were looking to... Ra- oh, God, honestly, aren't you brilliant? Aren't you brilliant? Um, they're looking to raise £200 for this lady. They've got £2,418. That's more money than she'll ever see in her lifetime. Isn't that brilliant? It's on the Just Giving website. Makes you want to cry, doesn't it, really, that people can do that? And uh, it's... Uh, good. Good. So £200 was the target. £2,418 is what they've got for this little old lady. Do you know, when they get this pair, you really, really want to do something terrible, don't you? I'm not allowed to say that because people go, well, you've got to... But he's blatantly stealing from her and then takes it out. You can see him taking it and the other one as well. Listen, if they're in Oswestry, somebody will know them. Somebody will catch them or they've driven around other places. Other super supermarkets will now be checking. Two thousand one hundred eighteen. I bet you anything. By the end of this program, it goes up, and I bet we're over three three thousand quid. I'd like to think we're over three thousand pounds. How often does this page refresh? Do we know, Chris? Does it do it fairly fairly often? Oh, whenever somebody donates money, it refreshes. Oh well, two thousand four hundred and eighteen pounds. Is that how many people are looking at the page? No. Oh right, that's how much more they were. All oh, right, honestly. Poor soul, poor soul. But uh, Oswald's tree, and uh, I'm sure that lots of people will be going down there today to sort of offer their support to this. You watch, she'll be in the papers by tomorrow. They'll know who she is, and you'll find out she's got nothing. <laughs> well, sure, she's turned out to be a lottery winner. <laughs> and they'll go, actually, she lives in a three million pound house. She doesn't really need to worry about it. She was a decoy. She was the store detective or something like that. I'm trying to make light of it because I, I just think that's horrible. That could be anybody's mother. It could be your mother. Could be your mother out there, couldn't it? Listen, we'll take a short break because I now get so late with these time checks. On this programme as well, apart from just sitting here and chatting away and putting the world to rights, which is what we like to do, we like to sometimes jog your memory. And the one thing we do warn you is don't ever rely on this programme for time checks because you're going to miss your train, your bus, your taxi, everything at all. Because sometimes I just I completely forget about it. So this 21 minutes past four should have happened about seven minutes ago. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Don't forget, of course, the clocks go back this weekend. Yes, you get an extra hour in bed. Woo! Mind you, of course, if there's no action in your bed, it's, you might as well waste your time, get up and have a piece of toast. You know, but that, that's the thing that people do, is it? They don't... It's always worse for radio presenters. Whenever the clocks go backwards, it, it's fine as long as you're working on the time they go forwards because then it kind of balances out. But, you know, long, long programmes are sort of presenters' nightmares. I don't have any problem with things like that. I just sort of sit down and chat and somebody says you're working till this time and that's, that's what I, I do for a living. Uh, Mark says, talking of different ways, different religions dispose of their dead. Uh, Zara Croatians put the body of the dead on the roof of a ceremonial tower to be eaten by birds of prey. They do that in... Um, where do they do that? They do that in somewhere where it's very cold and they put the bodies outside on the on the tundra. So it must be somewhere inside the Arctic Circle and they leave the bodies there and the birds will will sort of peck away at them. And it's something to do with the bird taking your spirit. 
I just sing as the birds pecking away at your grandmother. I don't see it as anything else. It's a bit odd, isn't it? But there again, we're all slightly odd. Uh, so this is here, Tower of Silence. It's, it's, uh, this is for dead bodies exposed to carrion birds. Good heavens above. How many... Are these all spaces for, for dead people all the way round? Good Lord, it's a Tower of Silence. Depends what you believe, doesn't it? There's no point in sort of trying to explain to some people who might be atheist exactly what happens at the end of life. Some people believe that you go and sit on a cloud with a load of other people. Uh, some people believe that you're reborn. Some people believe that, you know, once you've gone, that's it. You know, you, you ain't coming back and you're not going anywhere exciting. I don't, you know, I'm not sure what I believe. I'm really not sure. I'm, I mean that quite honestly. I don't know what I I don't know if I believe in that there is something else. I don't know if I sort of die and then I go and sit on a fluffy cloud and bump into all the people who have died before me and I start having to find friends. Or if there's any pearly gates and I get there and they go, I'm sorry, not for you, Steve. This is for people who've been good. And I go, I could learn how to be good. I can, I can. Did you see that bloke in the paper the other day changing the subject? He, he advertised in Croydon. He wanted somebody to, uh, to join the staff of his little restaurant, but he only wanted women. Which, of course, is a sexist advert and you're not allowed to do it. And he wanted women. Why? Because he wanted a washer-upper in the kitchen. And women, he said, wash up better than men. Is that, I mean, is that, I mean, I, I can wash up. I wash up every day. I don't have any problem with that. I could sort of put squeeze of thing. And um, he, um, he, he said here, he said women are obviously better at cleaning. Uh, it's a Croydon takeaway called Mazzy. It's obviously just a sexist place. He says, I know from my mum that women are better at cleaning and I know that my girlfriend uh, has to pick up around the house. He told the Croydon advertiser. So it's got part-time staff. It's a really badly written sign. Required. In brackets, female. Sexist pig. You can't write things like that. Also, he does employ a male cleaner who will help women pull the fridges around. He said, that's how I feel. I'm messy myself, and a lot of the males I know are messy themselves. Pigs. He said, and their wives and girlfriends, mum or auntie, will keep them neat. We have 14 people who work here. It's pretty much equal numbers. That's a few more men than women. But the restaurant's been branded sexist and mocked. She thinks so too. One woman wrote... Uh, would have thought it's illegal to stipulate the sex of staff unless it's necessary for the job. Exactly. If you're washing up, men can wash up. Perhaps he's not aware of that. I mean, the government guidelines say you must not state or imply in a job advert you'll discriminate against anyone. He's already given the job to somebody. I suspect it's a woman. I suspect it's a woman. But, uh, oh no, horrible person. Mind you, it's Croydon, isn't it? Don't want to say anything against Croydon, but frankly, you know, imagine, luckily somebody took a picture of it, put it up on social media, so you can see these things. Thank God for social media. Thank God. Uh, also, Mark in Hastings says uh, the button pusher uh, emanates from the tube and train door culture. Everybody helps themselves. A very dangerous practice on a bus. Well, I mean, the, the bus driver said, but why do they put that bus thing there? Why don't they just sort of take it away from people? Uh, Dean says, I always wash my fruit, golden delicious apples, before I eat, even if it's pre-packed. Don't know where it's been. All oh, right. I think it's because you're not a phone-in show, which at times can be very stressful. If you agree or not with whatever subject is discussed, says Martin, listening to you is more chilled when our day begins. I can't, the, I'll tell you exactly why it works like this. Why it works for me, and it works, as you can see from the audience figures, it works very well for me. It's because I have a way of doing a programme which has developed over the years. When it first started, it wasn't like this at all, but that was a long, long time ago. Back in the days when it was steam. And um, and so this this style has sort of developed. And I always say to people when they say, oh, I'd love you to do a phone in. I say, listen, 
I'm not a phone-in presenter. Nick Ferrari, James O'Brien, Majid, Ian Dell, they're phone-in presenters. They probably can't do what I do. But there again, I can't do what they do. And that's where I think you have to... It's like, you know, a lion tamer. He probably can't juggle for toffee in the circus. So that's why everybody's got their particular trait which works well for them. And mine is, I can work quite happily by myself. I just sit down and piddle-pottle along, you know, and it seems to get me from A to B. Sometimes we lose our way and people write in and go, Steve, can you just explain to us what you were talking... Because I don't know half the time. It was very odd. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 25 to 5. Adam, good morning. Because uh, he, he retweeted my great day. Thank you for an even bigger spike. Hashtag love Rajar. <laughs> Not everybody loves Rajar. Not everybody loves Rajar. I don't want to sort of make you think it's a sweeping generalisation because it's not. But uh, but when it when it goes in your favour, it is something that's quite important. It re- I mean, it really is. I'm, I can't, you know, having been doing it for quite a long while, I still can't get over the the fact that it can still make me go down a little bit. The night before the Rajar figures come out. This is the... Um, the surveying way that they do of finding out how many people are listening to the radio and to which programme, what your audience profile is, what your percentage is, what your market share is. It's 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 so much more complicated than just saying, oh, 10,000 people are listening to you or 50,000 people or whatever it happens to be. Uh, or in the case of this this programme, it's it's a lot of people. OK, it's a lot of people. And uh, it is an awful lot of people, actually. It's like 600,000 people are listening. So that's always quite good. But it never ceases to amaze me that I still get affected by it. I said to my boss yesterday, I said, um, I said, I always, the night before, I get jittery. Because I, because you sort of worry about it. Because I'm only human. I'm the same as anybody else. Some people don't, don't seem to worry about it. But the longer you've been in the business, the more you will worry about it. Because you stand and fall on your figures. And because we are commercial radio, that's, you know, we stand and fall on that. That's what determines how much money comes in to the station. They look at the audience figures and go, well, we'd like to advertise with Steve Allen's programme. That's very good in the morning. That's very nice. Thank you very much indeed. And so it goes on. So I always worry about it, but some, sometimes I wish I was able not to worry about it. Because it's, and I always say to friends of mine, as I said yesterday, for God's sake, if you know that, don't tell me what the figures are. So I woke up yesterday morning to a friend of mine going, it's okay. But that, of course, doesn't help me because then I have to, my curiosity gets the better of me. But uh, it is nice that you, that you listen. Mind you, I, I appreciate the fact that, you know, I'm just about the only sort of light-hearted bit of speech on the radio at this time of the morning. I don't think anybody's doing what we do on the radio. There's other people who've sort of tried to copy. And that's not exactly the same. You know, because I was always told the one thing, when you come into radio, I thought, you know, you've got to sound like Roger Scott or you've got to sound like Nicky Horn or you've got to sound like Graham Dean or you had to sound like any one of these number of people. And then I suddenly realised after somebody said to me, you know, why are you putting on a voice when you read the news? I was putting it because I thought you had to sound butch. Obviously not. But I mean, you you have to sound butch when you read the news because you're imparting information. And then somebody said, why don't you just be yourself? Be yourself. And the moment I became myself, I didn't have to worry about it. You didn't have to worry about it as if you were coming out of character. You know, you see some people on, on the television, you think, that's not you. It's like comedians. They're not funny all the time. The old-fashioned comedians learned a script. They learned gags. Like, you know, we learn lines, or if you're in a choir, you learn a song. It's, it's something like that. We don't do it. So, in fact... If you're not being yourself, you're having to pretend to be somebody else. And it's not the same. So the more you're yourself in radio, the better you will find it and the easier it will become to get a job because you're selling your personality. I mean, nowadays, I wouldn't actually need to try and sell my personality too much. My audience figures will speak for themselves, thank the Lord. Uh, Dean says he washes. Even pre-packed food, he washes. That's odd, isn't it? 
Uh, and somebody says, oh, that's old Patsy is going to have lunch with Tony Pelledri. Love Tony Pelledri. Love Tony Pelledri. Uh, 84850 uk. And uh, Jeff in Finchley says, when are you going to have an interview with Phil Vickery? I mean, I, to be honest with you, we have to sort of get something sorted out. It's, it's trying to... I've literally, they keep coming back to me with, with other guest names. And next week, I think I've got one day where I've got three interviews. So I'll have got up, done the programme, recorded a free podcast. Then I've got three interviews, one after the other. And you, and you do get a bit befuddled at times. I, c- I can do it, but uh, I need to go and lie down afterwards. Uh, Jan says, love listening to you, love your positive attitude. I don't, I don't, I'm actually, I'm probably not that positive. I can probably come across as being very positive, but uh, for myself, I'm, I'm not. But I'm not. I'm, I won't tell you what somebody said to me this morning, but I said, oh, I could never do that. And it was, it was something regarding, you know, sort of being, being positive. Uh, Steve, it really upsets and angers me seeing that old lady being robbed. If these pieces of filth had done that to my mum, I'd want to see them swing. Yes, I have to be honest with you. I think instant gut reaction is, that's somebody's mother there. That's, that's the first thing I think of. Somebody's mum, somebody's grandmother, and some piece of low life can take something away from her. And that's, if you don't know, go to uh, LBC and you'll, you'll find it on there. But uh, anyway... Uh, my mum is not with us anymore and I miss her every day. I'm glad there's good people out there uh, who uh, have collected that money. Makes you want to cry, says Rona. Yeah, it does. It does, because I don't want to see somebody... I said, I, I said to you a few weeks back that there will be a story at Christmas that there'll be a mother who's got a tree with all the presents around it. Somebody will break in and steal all the presents. That's what people do nowadays. There are thieving little toe rags out there who will take from people who've got something. It's not that they can't afford to do it. It's just that they work on the assumption that, you know, why should they go out and pay for it when they can nick it? And that's what they do. I'd love to be a policeman for a day. I'm afraid I am Hangham and Flogham Brigade. I am old-fashioned, I'm afraid. It's a case of it's an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And you go out and you take something from somebody, we're going to take something from you. It's as simple as that. All these mamby-pamby JPs out there and magistrates and, you know, Lord High Executioners and everything else going, oh, so you've done this, Wayne. So luckily you didn't kill anybody when you were out drink driving. So we're going to make you paint park benches. <laughs> Not me. Paint park benches. You're having some sort of laugh, aren't you? And that's what it is now. If you get caught for drink driving, why not prison? He was caught drink driving. I forget how many times over the limit he was. If he... Three times over the limit, producer said. Three times. If he'd killed somebody, would he still be painting park benches? No, he wouldn't. It was only by the sheer mercy of the Lord Almighty that he managed to get away with it. Because that's all he got. He got a fine and painting park benches. <sighs> Dear, it's not enough, is it? It really is not enough. We need to sort of clamp down on these people. Because when they eventually get these uh, people um, who have uh, sort of robbed this old lady, and believe you me, they will find them. They will find them. What, what, what will they get? You know, £200 fine each and, um, and probably sort of a rap on the knuckles. That'll be it. It'll turn out that, you know, they've just arrived in the country and they've discovered that robbing people is so simple. It's so easy. You can do it like taking candy from a baby. The difference is that we have it caught on, on camera. And you can see their faces. You'll see them in the newspapers for today. Uh, the Sun this morning. Westminster Women's Secret WhatsApp group have named a sex pest... MP, not just one, but quite a few. Uh, because, in fact, we were sitting down talking about this before the programme, briefly. And uh, one of our fellow presenters in the building, she said, oh, she said, I know a very pervy MP. And she named this, this person, who, strangely enough, is well-documented. 
for this kind of thing. And now you've got George Bush Senior for the second time in two days. He's in a wheelchair. He's apparently got part dementia. He always tells the same joke. And he does this thing and then he touches women inappropriately. And an aide to George Bush Senior said, it's just his way. It doesn't mean anything. Well, it might be his way, but the dirty old man in the wheelchair needs to stop it very quickly. Failing that, couldn't we just handcuff his hands together? So he can't do things like that. He's just a dirty old man. I don't care whether he's, you know, George Bush Senior. That don't, that makes no difference to me. It could be anybody. It's like, you know, Har- Harvey Weinstein. Still not charged with anything because we're waiting to see what happens. But again, just a dirty old man. They used to make jokes about it in Steptoe and Son. You know, the, the old man in it used to sort of leer over people. And um, and then his son would get Harold. He'd go, you dirty old man. Well, that's exactly what these people are in the paper today. They're leering over these women. But there again, you get, it must be very difficult for them if they're of limited intelligence to try and work out which women you could do this with. Because if you go onto Love Island, you can have sex with them. And nobody seems to complain about that. That's apparently quite normal. In fact, so much so, they actually put them on children's television programmes now. Oh, look, here's somebody on from a reality show who's had sex on television. And the kids are going, yeah, yeah, we love you. Who are they? Don't know, they had sex on television. And we, we, we seem to hail them, as opposed to in my day, my mother would have said, disgusting. She'd have been horrified. Horrified that people like that become celebrities because they've had sex on television. Oh, good Lord, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Uh, The front page of the mirror is the drunken Brit. You'll like this story. Here she is. She's another one of these 'er ne'er-do-wells. She pops up in quite a lot of the papers today. And um, her name is Bridget Hanley. Bridget Hanley's a bit of a, a drunk That's the best thing I can uh, tell you about. Uh, She said to have downed gin, champagne and wine. Uh, She was on a holiday flight to Mexico. um, And she's uh, the pilot, because she kicked off, uh, had to divert to Canada because she was kicking off, because she's a drunk. She's got children as well. Mummy's a drunk, just thought I'd tell you now. Mummy's a bad drunk as well. Anyway, luckily on the uh, flight was uh, an ex-rugby league player uh, and an off-duty policeman. After lunging at a passenger and a flight attendant, when she uh, she was then uh, restrained by this ex-rugby player and the ex-copper. Oh, because she's a drunk. She's a sad, shallow, pathetic little drunk. Anyway, she's been jailed. 20 days in Canada. They're not messing around here. And she could face a £10,000 bill because the flight had to divert. Good. Charger. Charger as well. When she finishes the stint, um, the mum of two reported to have been travelling with her partner faces a damages bill of up to 10 grand. Before she was sentenced to court heard, unruly Hanley, or let's just call her what she is, sad drunk, was suspected of drinking before boarding the plane. Holidaymakers rushed to help the flight crew after she began becoming aggressive and arrogant when the passenger in front asked her to stop slamming her seat tray up and down. A sad, pathetic drunk now. According to Canadian prosecutor Julie Roy, she replied, shut up, ugly face. Who are you to tell me what to do? And then she threatened to throw the passenger out of the plane. Crew tried to calm her down, but she kept screaming. Stupid woman. What a stupid, stupid person. The captain on the TUI flight from Manchester to Cancun is said to have intervened to ensure that she was in a seatbelt, but she refused to cooperate. He then decided to divert the jet to Quebec City. What does she think, sad old drunk? I'm sorry, this isn't somebody who's an alcoholic. This is just a bad drunk on a plane, and it's dangerous. 
But uh, speaking after the flight finally arrived in Mexico, the Irish international, who now, now runs a mental health campaign, said, having worked in prisons for the last six months and knowing a variety of methods to help calm people down, I offered my assistance. The crew did an amazing job, but seemed frustrated and flustered. I think so too. They actually sat with her as the plane landed and the police arrived. She was in court the next morning. Well done, Canada. And admitted disturbing the peace, mischief and jeopardising the safety of an aircraft. Her partner was in court but didn't react when she was led to the cells. I bet he didn't. In tears. She was led in tears. Good. It's what we put people like you. And uh, now, they say, uh, the co- minimum cost of diverting a transatlantic jet is two grand. And airlines have, have claimed up to 10,000. A statement from the police said the individual was under the influence of alcohol and involved in an altercation. I mean, you cannot do it on an aeroplane. I would want this person restrained with handcuffs. They do carry them on planes. They carry those plastic uh, things that go round your wrist. Stupid woman. Jail for her. 20 days. Good. I'm glad. I hope when you come out, you do get a bill of £10,000. I suspect it probably won't be that. But why should people have to suffer and you ruin their holiday because you're a bad drunk? Luckily, loads of pictures of her in the uh, papers for today. However, Amanda Holden makes the papers as well. Not so good for her because... um, she was doing this morning yesterday with uh, with Ben Tipping Point Richards, uh, who very unwisely decided to grow a very little gay beard. Doesn't quite look right. It's sort of one of those not really a proper beard, sort of like a half sort of beard. It doesn't look right anyway. And I wasn't wearing a jacket. And because he's putting on the weight, uh, that's the first thing I noticed. I remember thinking, God, you become Porky Pie Man. So poor little Ben Shepherd. Anyway, um, they had uh, Tim Peake being interviewed, because he's got a book out as well. And uh, Amanda Holden said, when you went to the moon, did you take a piece of the moon? <laughs> Major Peak says, I wasn't on the moon, I went to a space station. <laughs> and you think, oh no, it's your worst nightmare. It is your worst nightmare when you when you get it wrong. When you, when you say something to somebody, and as you say it, they then go, uh, actually, no. I did, a, I did an interview... I had two people coming in years and years ago. One was in The Archers and the other one had done a book about coffee. And I got, I got the wrong guess, but I didn't know I got the wrong guess. So this, this woman turns up and she's sitting there. So I, I say to her, um, so, I mean, coffee. And she goes, coffee. And I go, I mean, how many different types are there, do you think? And she said, oh, I've never really thought about it. And so for about five minutes, we have this discussion about coffee. And she doesn't know what I'm talking about. And so after five minutes, she says, I'm sorry, who do you think I am? And so I said, I think you're so and so. She said, no. She said, no, I'm I'm in the arches. And I went, do you not know anything about coffee then? And that was it. We, said, we had this bizarre. I said, I'm so sorry. It's the first time it's ever happened. First time. My very first interview on LBC was dreadful. I was so desperate to do an interview and I was so rubbish at it. I was really so, so, so terrible. And they sent me to the Royal Opera House to interview an opera star. And I didn't know anything about opera at all. I mean, nowadays I wouldn't I wouldn't do an opera star because I don't know enough about it. I could probably get my way through it. But in those days I couldn't. So I wrote down questions. I thought, you know, standard questions. Right? So how did you get into opera? Blah, blah. And we had to go under the stage at the Coliseum and we did this sort of interview. And I came back and it was then that I learnt very quickly you don't have to run this interview, Steve. So I didn't. I didn't run it. It it was confined to the bin. It never went any further, which was good news. You're listening to a podcast from LBC.
Morning, everybody. Nice to have you company. Welcome to Friday. Yeah, love Friday. Friday's a good day. Friday's a very nice day indeed. Will uh, has been covering a, a breakfast programme on uh, on one of our sister stations. We always call them sister stations. I don't know why. They're never brother stations or father stations. But he says, you do make the 4am alarm a little bit more manageable. He said, but congratulations on the numbers. I know. Don't worry, it's only taken 40 years. It doesn't... Uh... Years ago, we never worried about the audience figures. I can remember in the early days, somebody said, oh, would you like to know what your figures are? I said, figures? What figures? They went, you know, the audience figures. How many people are listening? I said, really? I said, how do we know that? And they told me how it worked. I went, really? But we didn't bother. Now, of course, there are so many radio stations, it's very competitive. And it becomes more and more competitive. The older you get, the more competitive you become. And the more you try and up your game. Which is, of course, probably quite easy for some programmes if they've got somebody else to bounce off. But if you're, if you're flying solo with your little flag flying, you know, you've, you've got to try the extra, extra bit. And that's what makes it, uh, makes it fun. Tony says, I reckon you'd struggle interviewing David Beckham. He'd come back to you with one word or a snivelling gesture. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I think he'd be easy peasy. Radio is so much better to do an interview uh, with somebody than doing for television. Because, you know, you sit here. My, my studio is about 15 feet by seven, eight or something like that. It's not vast because I'm because I'm flying by myself. I like to have a smaller studio, which means that they can get the studio ready downstairs for Nick Ferrari. And uh, so when people come in for an interview here, they forget about the glass and the people sitting the other side who are driving the desk. It's just me and them. So I think he'd be all right. I don't think I'd have any trouble with him at all. Trying to make him entertaining, I think, would be the problem. Uh, Steve, the vile who steal from and harm the defenceless, the vulnerable, the elderly, just like rabid animals, says Fion, they require shooting. A little bit dramatic, I think, for something like that. But, I mean, I, I do agree, there's got to be... I want to see a harsh sentence for people who thieve. I really do. I just, I, I just, you know... <laughs> it's on the LBC website. Uh, Joey and Mark, travelling back from their last job on the night shift. We think you're fantastic. Of course you do. You've got nobody else to talk to at this time of the morning. I'm it. I'm it. I am it. I am that person. I'm the sort of, I am the morning DJ on da-da-da LBC. <laughs> I'm not playing, the, uh, not playing the hits, though. Steve, that drunken excuse for a woman should be banned from ever flying again. Unless it's out of a cannon. Utter disgrace, says CJ. Just absolutely poor. If you're sitting on that flight, they go, I'm terribly sorry, we're, we've diverted to Canada. You thought you were going to Mexico. We will get there, but not at the moment. Uh, I'd be shouting at her and all the rest of it. But unfortunately, we've seen them on the television. Drunks are really bad news. You know, people who have a little bit too much to drink. You've seen it on the cops on their night shift programme and on all sorts of other programmes where you get screaming banshees writhing about on the ground. It takes about six people to sit on them and then handcuff them. I mean, basically, I think you should just mace all of them. You're on the ground, you start... They had a woman the other day, she was spitting at the policeman spitting. So they, they put a, a, a thing over her to stop her spitting. Who wants to be a policeman? No amount of money would ever compensate for that. Although I did see a programme with animals the other day and um, this bloke was feeding llamas and one spat into his mouth. <laughs> I thought that was the worst thing ever. I thought that was terrible. Oh, here we go. A jihadi bride who wanted to behead somebody. This is another ugly... And somebody who's been so radicalised, she's not on the same planet as the rest of the world. Uh, uh, she's been convicted of helping her husband prepare to carry out a terror attack. Stupid woman. 
Stupid woman. Nobody's going to prison for ages and ages. People like that. We've just got to have some sort of deterrent. There doesn't seem to be a deterrent, does there, for a lot of these people. So we'll have one. She obviously thinks she's being really big and clever as opposed to being really dumb and stupid. Uh, shop the scumbags. The pictures in the paper today of the two thieves. Uh, the second man who, who took the wallet. Easy to see. And the first one who, d- who distracted her. And she's got a little trolley, bless her heart. She's got one of those little woollen hats on. Dreadful. Uh, here we glow. Two months early. There's a house here. They've uh, they've lit up. Before the end of October, they've got, you know, the baby Jesus and they've got everything like that. This is John and Jean Copstick. Have lit up their home 60 days earlier. 10,000 Yuletide lights. He comes from uh, a place called Sturchley in Birmingham. He said, I know it's a little early, but we just love Christmas. My wife and I would have them up all year round. Well, have them up all year round. There's no law against putting up lights or what? You hate it, don't you? Absolutely hate it. Although, <laughs> too early, said November should be. I spoke to somebody the other day, oh, December, oh, December who, who said, oh, I hate Christmas, all these lights and everything else. He said, even worse, Halloween. Halloween. Apparently, on a floor just above us, they decorate for Halloween. I've never heard of such a thing. I'm not, I, I don't need to dress for Halloween. I'm it already. But uh, we've been doing it, he says, for their, their Christmas lights, about 30 years. And he said the neighbours love it. They say we'll remind them of Christmas. Uh, they've got two foster sons, 27 and 25, and uh, they're shining examples of parents, and they like doing it. Why not? If the neighbours like it, who cares? Who cares? Come on, get into the spirit of it. So much easier, isn't it? Uh, what else have we got in the papers for today? It is, it, it is turning into a little bit of a dreary time as we sort of go into into the festive season. Talisa was wearing a bit of a revealing top the other day. And I was revealing as somebody else. On Brendan Cole's going on tour, riveting. That means he's going to be sort of, uh, you know, shouting at everybody. Um, um, uh, the true story. Oh, interestingly enough, Breathe. They're talking about Breathe here. Paralysed at 28. Uh, my dad lived a full life thanks to a breathing machine. But as a toddler, I nearly killed him when I pulled the plug out by accident. This uh, We're going to be talking about that this weekend. Tomorrow morning... We will talk about it, and uh, also on Sunday evening. So, in conversation with Steve Allen, tomorrow morning between 6 and 7, and then on Sunday evening between 9 and 10. Okay. Coming up to the news at 5 o'clock this Friday morning. It's nice to have your company at Steve Allen's early breakfast. All the way through Monday through Friday, between 4 and 7. You're very welcome. You can just sort of pop in, opt in, opt out, go and make a cup of tea, come back. We'll still be talking. Don't worry, we don't go anywhere. Uh, Bruno Tonioli is back, minus his little pretty boy. He was uh, apparently said he was exhausted. Can't imagine why. He's just so fantastic in the bedroom. It's so, oh, so wonderful. And, and I've... <sighs> He must stink like an ashtray, poor soul. Uh, which football team is the dullest in the league? Probably got your own mind. It's not Crystal Palace, surprisingly. Only mention that because I know that the producer uh, is a supporter. Uh, BT ordered to cut a million landline bills by 84 quid. Mylene Class models a bikini. Surely not. Surely not. And Romeo and Jihadiet. Yes, we'll be telling you all about that. And the disability cheat, who's a real ace at football. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Friday morning. It's the 27th of October. It's Halloween this weekend. Which means people will be out trick-or-treating or egging or flower-bombing or doing whatever kids do now. I think it should be a criminal offence, frankly. But uh, there are loads of people who will be dressing up, mainly children. There's a few adults do it, but it's just very silly. It's an American thing. We don't want it. And uh, all the supermarkets, just about everybody is doing special food. You know, ghoulish this, ghoulish that. I mean, it's just a fad. It's just rubbish. 
Just rubbish. You can tell I don't like Halloween, can't you? I hope I'm trying to convey that as much as possible to you this morning. Uh, Holly Willoughby says she was scared to use her toilet. There was a ghost in it. No, there wasn't. Let's try and grow up, shall we? Not be silly. Uh, Disney Channel have got their first gay character making his debut. Uh, also, the, the house which is covered in Christmas lights. 60 days to go, but I don't mind. The neighbours don't mind it. Kids like it. It's good. Christmas is over and done. We're so fast nowadays. In the early days, you didn't put the tree up in the real early days till Christmas Eve. Um, and, and then you sort of you, you do the tree and, and then, you know, you leave it up there for the 12 days after Christmas. And then you take it down and you're back where you started again. You know, I think it, the, the longer you make Christmas last, the better it is. Uh, my anger at Fergie, says Royal Dog Walker. She says Sarah Ferguson hasn't uh, supported her at all. Well, it's typical of Sarah Ferguson, just into herself, I think. Colleen soaks up the sun. Wayne paints park benches. This is the uh, drunk driver, Wayne Rooney. Jon Snow goes out. He used to cycle in, he still does, uh, to ITN to do his news bulletin for Channel 4 and chains his bike up outside, gets outside. Some kids chained his bike to Jon Snow's bike. A right little tyke, that one is, isn't he? You don't chain your bike to somebody else's. So he goes back and he gets a pair of bolt cutters, comes back and cuts the uh, thing off, goes and buys another chain and sticks it somewhere else and says the key is with reception. You know, a little note on the bike. I wonder who that would be around there. Not exactly, you know, swamped with people who live there, is it, really? Uh, Also, um, find the Aldi thugs. Aldi, Aldi, whichever it is. Two people stealing from an 87-year-old woman. Uh, Why you should wash your fruit and vegetables. I don't. And uh, Meghan Markle, yes, we're still trotting that one out, goes back to her roots, and her roots are Ebi Gum. They're in Yorkshire. I'm going to marry Ari. That is lovely, isn't it, really? We're so thrilled for them. I'd just be glad when they get it over and done with. I'm surprised they've not discussed it on Newsnight. Uh, Bruno Tonioli is back. Uh, he was pictured with a pretty boy who models pants, apparently, even though we think Bruno Tonioli has a partner in this country. He says, oh, he's, oh, he's so exhausting and it's so tiring for Bruno. Not surprised, actually, the amount he seems to smoke. Uh, and what was the other one? Oh, yes, 250,000 people mourning the King of Thailand, who died a year ago, but he was cremated... Yesterday, And there's a WhatsApp group of Westminster women who've named sex shame MPs. Pervy politicians should be very afraid because it's probably inside the House of Commons as well. I mean, I seem to remember some years ago uh, on Capitol Hill, uh, the big problem was rent boys. Rent boys who'd been uh, used and abused by, uh, by members, which wasn't so good. Mind you, years and years ago in London, the same thing happened. The rent boys delivered for the post office. They were post boys who would, you know, somebody would come round, you'd write the letter and say, deliver this to 32 Hanover Square or whoever lives at Hanover Square. I do beg your pardon. It's not you at all. But uh, and they would sort of send it off. And uh, and those those boys would sort of swing around. Uh, plus the disability cheat we found in the paper. We found a few disability people who are claiming uh, incorrectly, chavs mainly. And uh, and then they've conveniently forgotten that actually they don't need to claim it anymore. But they just carried on claiming it. And then we find them. And we throw them in in court. And the story of Romeo and the jihadi. Et. It's a little play on words there, which you'll, you'll get the hang of, I suppose, as we trot through the programme. We take your texts and emails. 84850 uk. Uh, lots of celebrities dressing up as, um, you know, different characters. I fail to understand how Wonder Woman could be anything to do with Halloween, but, I mean, God knows what goes on in Holly Willoughby's mind. And uh, who's that there? They've got... Um, Keith is doing it, whoever he is. 
And, uh, oh, it's Frankie Bridge. I mean, boring and dull and uninteresting, I'm afraid. Uh, also, clowns will run riot on East Enders. So it's going to be Albert Scare. And Pamela Anderson has whipped her kit off. She needs the money. She needs the money. Uh, she was living in a trailer, I believe, a short while ago. And so she's, um, she's under Starker's orders. Mind you, somebody else who still needs the money, although she'll tell you she doesn't because she's never mentioned it. It's only the papers that talk about the rubbish that she's worth 40 million. As we all know, Katie Price is worth nowhere near 40 million. I don't know how she could ever have achieved that. But uh, they want her for dancing on ice. And uh, so they, they've made an offer. I don't know why you'd want her on that. Who wants an attention seeker like her who can't do anything? According to one of the papers, and it can't be true that she's sort of laid down the law and says she wants to design her own costumes. She can't even write. So what's the point of designing? She can't design anything. And uh, also, she won't be doing any training in the morning. She'll do it in the afternoon. And so I think what they basically says is, I think we'll find somebody else. It's, uh, I hope to God she's not been allowed to sing. But also... You know, who, nobody's interested in her. She's so passé, so years ago, but she's also, they're offering, what were they offering? £100,000, it's not enough money. I suppose if you're broke like her, you know, you, you don't have as much money as you maybe think you have. Because otherwise, why does she want to keep doing it? She's, and she says, oh, a, 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 a spokesman said, sounds like her agent, oh, they need her. You know, they don't need her at all. Nobody need, They don't need her on Loose Women. They really don't need her on Loose Women. They only put her on there. If you actually took her off it and said, we don't want you anymore because you only talk about yourself, uh, she'd be the first one to start slagging them off. That's what she does, you know. And then she, she claims now that it's because uh, there was incidents that happened in her former life when she was seven. That's why she turned to uh, being glamour, glamour modelling. Although, as everybody's pointed out, you know, everybody who was sort of abused at an early age and don't ever take it too lightly uh, certainly doesn't turn to glamour modelling. That's very odd, but... <clears throat> So she is slightly peculiar, slightly peculiar. Uh, also, Harry Styles. We don't read about Harry Styles anymore, do we? At one time we read about Harry. Um, you know, I don't know if he's making a new film, because he did one, and then it all went a bit quiet, which I predicted it might do. And um, I don't know how many interviews he did as a result of the film, because he wasn't the star of the film. He was probably the best known in it. But um, he's um, clean banded have written a song for him. I don't know. I mean, I, I always think people who try and swing both sides of the fence. So you're either an actor or you're a singer. You can't be both. Is it? Is, is he good? All oh, right. Okay. Producer likes him. Okay. Can't say anything now, can I? Because the producer is mm, just very jealous. So, uh, so I shut. Well, have you heard the song? Oh no, but you've seen you've seen the film. Oh well, yeah, but I'm sure. I, mean, I shouldn't imagine he does any any long speeches in it. It's probably just sort of little short clips of Harry looking a bit shell shocked and traumatized, and a little bit of makeup on and everything. I want to see the film. I can't wait to see the film. I can't wait to see it. Uh, here he is, Dave Copperfield. Uh, this is uh, George Bush Senior. Joked about magician Dave Copperfield whilst groping a woman. You know, and they go, ah, oh, that's all right because he's got dementia. No, it's not all right. Not all right at all. Um, one of the women said, as I felt his hand dig into my flesh, he said, David Copperfield. And uh, so that's what happened. Although uh, somebody says on occasion he has patted women's rears in what he intended to be a good nature, good natured manner to anyone he's offended. President Bush apologizes most sincerely. His uh, apparently Bush's spokesman, Jim McGrath, said President Bush has been confined to a wheelchair for roughly five years. His arms fall on the lower waist of people with whom he takes a picture. Yeah, OK, that's fine. Don't grope them. 
That makes you a pervert. That's, you know, you can't use that as an excuse for loads of people in wheelchairs. You don't cop a feel of somebody just because they feel like it. That's just dreadful. Uh, also, who's this Orlando Bloom with a little dog in a bag on the front of the bike? Looks a bit dangerous, but um, I quite like Orlando Bloom. I don't really have a, have a problem at all with him. And Davy Boy Beckham goes out all by himself again. He's grown his hair now. He just looks a bit... He's beginning to look like an old man. You know, because it's not trendy or young anymore. You know, he had, he had hair when he was younger. Now... He's 40. He's only 42. You think he's older, don't you? He's an old 42, an old 42. But um, somebody else had a front row seat, but they weren't with him uh, because he was um, he was sporting a stylish rose patch jumper from his own brand. Oh, how sweet, Dave. How sweet to wear your own clothes. Mind you, I mean, the modelling hasn't really gone too well recently, has it? We're not doing any more whiskey stuff, are we? That kind of went a little bit uh, to the side. And here's a strange story. I read this earlier on about a lady called Becky. Uh, Mum Becky Berry, 32, of Berry in Lancashire. Becky spelt B-E-C-C-I. That's sort of the, the chavvy spelling. And you know she's chavvy. She's got her boobs tattooed. But anyway, the good news is for, for fans of Becky that um, she used to eat 120 packets of crisps a month. And uh, then she's lost all this weight and says so she's now gone into glamour modelling. So that's good, isn't it? And, th- and she said she was so depressed when she was eating the crisps and she got up to, uh, to 19 stone that she couldn't face going out. She couldn't go out anywhere because she thought people were looking at it, which is funny, actually, because there's a picture of her at 19 stone standing outside in a shopping centre with the biggest smile on her face you can ever see. So, obviously, Becky the liar. Obviously, Becky the liar. You can quite easily go outside, dear. But anyway, now she wants to be... um, She wants to sort of wear stunning lingerie. But having your boob tattooed, dear, takes you into a different level, doesn't it? And it's generally downwards. It's not really very clever. But I'm sure there's people who probably find you very interesting. I'm just not one of them. Uh, It's a bore draw. Yes, we will tell you about who is the dullest in the league. This is... uh, you know, a football club who are sending fans to sleep in the theatre of dreams. Yes, there's a whole cast list here. In fact, it's printed so badly, I can barely read the blooming thing. But um, they're all here. They're all here. And we'll be naming and shaming very shortly. So I just warn you now, if you're a fan of football, your club could be mentioned uh, for the board draw. Uh, the dullest in the league. And we've got 20 of them. 20. I wonder if Crystal Palace will be there anywhere. I mean, in theory, they have to be, don't they? But you never know. They might have escaped it. They might not be as boring as we think they are. But they, you know, they stand... Well, we'll find out. We'll find out in a minute, all right? Yeah. We'll just, yes. Everybody be laughing if they, if they weren't on a list. But anyway, it doesn't matter, does it? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Right, it's the board draw. Who are the, uh, the dullest in the league? Uh, at number 20, Man United. Man United. This is this is you know the uh, the people who send you to sleep. Uh, not good enough. West Bromwich Albion is at nineteen. Swansea City AFC playing at the Liberty Stadium, which is lovely. Uh, what else do we have? We've got um, Watford at seventeen. They play at Vicarage Road, as you know. Huddersfield Town. Oh, here we go. Crystal Palace are at number fifteen. But that's good. Fifteen is good. It's only out of twenty. That's 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 very good. They're not as boring as people think they are. Stoke City at number 14. At number 13, Brighton and Hove Albion. Uh, 12 is Southampton. My brother would be very excited. Uh, they have their, the St Mary's Stadium. 
you think they could come up with a butcher name, the, the St Mary Stadium. But anyway, uh, at number 11, it's Burnley. And the top 10, at 10, Newcastle United. AFC Bournemouth at 9, Leicester City at 8, West Ham United at 7, Everton at 6, Arsenal at 5, Chelsea at 4, Tottenham Hotspur at 3. Number 2 is Liverpool. And number 1, that would leave... Manchester City. Well done. Manchester City are the most boring team in the entire universe. Boring, boring, boring. At least they get a mention, though. I mean, I was seriously, I was thinking. And no mention of Accrington Stanley. No mention at all. You know why? Because they're not in the league, are they? I don't know how I know that. I'm just, I'm just trying to make out that I'm really clever about things. Somebody's written into the Daily Star today. It's in crayon. And, um, and they've written in about Katie Price. And they've said that looking at the state of Katie Price's face... She's completely ruined herself. She's turned into the bride of Wildenstein. And unfortunately, she can't see it. She just trowels on more makeup. Love Island couple's sex tape is nicked. They're not too sure who... They've offered a £25,000 reward. So they made a sex tape, which is fantastic. And uh, they're hoping to sell it for £100,000. But we don't know who they are. We don't know who they are. It could be any... Anyway, the couple had sex in the villa during their time on the ITV1 show... Last night, there were speculations over who might have made the tape. Well, anyone of a number of sad, shallow people, I would think. Who else went out there? Certainly not anybody of any intelligence. Whose par- Their parents must be really thrilled. Oh, well, you've made a sex tape. But what we, we made £50,000 each, didn't we? Like that. Which is, you know, not what we'd be charging when this, this laughingly called career fades miserably. Uh, Killer Clowns are back. And now we've got loads of people modelling all sorts of stuff for Halloween. I'm just, I just don't get it. I really don't get the Halloween bit at all. I can't, I can't be excited about it. I'm sure that parents are going, oh, it's really fantastic. And everybody else is going, it's a pile of old rubbish that's come over from America. And now every paper has got adverts for, you know, party food, party outfits, party this, blood capsules, this makeup, that makeup. It's just ridiculous. And then they're so desperate to get an audience, but I don't think they do get an audience anyway. Celebrity Juice is having a laughingly called celebrity version of it. So far, we've only discovered Frankie Bridge. But I should imagine you'll probably find... Um, uh, um, who's that? Uh, Gino De Campo. You'll probably find him on it. He turns up like the irregular bad penny. Is he on it? Oh, there you go. See, And that was only a guess. Only a guess. Who else is on it? Do we know who else is on it? Apart from the dreadfully unfunny Keith... Lemon. Wayne Bridge is on there, but he's, but he's a live wire. Wayne and Frankie Bridge. What a riveting twosome they must make. Obviously, I think they do it every so often. So we go, oh, look, we could be the new Fern and Philip or the new Holly and Philip or anything like that. It turns out they're so boring, these people. I mean, who's ever seen, you know, Wayne Bridge do anything at all? I mean, I didn't even know he had a personality, but uh, we'll soon find out, won't we? We will soon find out. Joey Essex. Oh. God, honestly, we really have plumbed the depths, haven't we? So wait a bit. And who? Rylan. Oh, God. Joey Essex and Rylan. Oh, what a riveting combination. Rylan, he'll be trying desperately to try and be some sort of butch person, but of course he fails miserably. But he does like putting makeup on, so that'll be okay. That'll be okay. But uh, as I say, I wouldn't bother. I've given you the whole scenario. You don't need to watch these people. It's uh, idiots from start to finish. Uh, Wayne Rooney. Here he is pictured in his red tracksuit. Very chab, very nice. And uh, he was uh, setting up to work with a paintbrush. Although, to be honest with you, he he appears to be more interested in making sure that he looks okay. Somebody's got a picture of him. He turns uh, a uh, Tuesday, just gone, he turned 32. Mentally about uh, much younger than that. And so while Colleen and their sons are on holiday... 
Don't they go to school? Is that... Oh, no, they're on holiday at the moment, aren't they, of course? But uh, it's very good. Wayne looked very miserable and shrugged when a staff member tried to talk to him. Well, he can't... What, what can you talk about? Oi! Drunk man. Drunk driver. Come here. Come here. Right, you're going to start painting a bench. And so... Um, uh, the, the guy was shoveling mud into a wheelbarrow. He walked straight past without stopping. Uh, Rooney, wearing a maroon tracksuit and white trainers, could probably have done with a lion to it. Fancy wearing white trainers. You're going out into a dirty old park, you silly tart. Goodness sake. But anyway, uh, he spent his birthday on a train to London with his Everton teammates. Is that how they travel now? They go on a train, do they? Well, they take minicabs and they've got a coach or something. Like... They don't... Oh, right, long, longer things. It's tra- Is it really? Well, there you go. And planes as well. The following night, though, they did lose 2-1 to Chelsea, and Rooney didn't get back to his £6 million Cheshire home until the small hours yesterday, but he had to be up early to carry out his punishment. Apparently, Colleen, who's not worn her re- wedding ring since his arrest, has sent a birthday message from Barbados. Oh, that's nice, but made it clear it was from the sons, who are called Kai, Clay and Kit. Anything more complicated than sort of having the one letter which goes for everything would be really pushing it a little bit. What you got there? Oh, yeah, Clay. Kai? Yeah. And Kit. Oh, right. Kit Rooney. Clay Rooney. Clay Rooney. <laughs> it just doesn't sound right, does it? And, uh, and Kai Rooney. Lovely. Not very exciting. But anyway, he, he, he's painting a park bench. I don't know how long it's going to take him. I suppose he, he could drag it out a little bit. Silly person. Very silly person. Uh, holes in one. There's, uh, there's two people who did it here at the 13th. That's supposed to be unlucky, isn't it, 13th? Here's Mr and Mrs Jihad, which is lovely, facing life in prison. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's rather silly, sad, lonely, depressed gits, ladies and gentlemen. I can't think of any other. I can probably use much ruder words to describe them. Do you know, you will take fewer sickies. Hello, I'm talking to you. If you take cold showers. Oh, Lord, what I have taken a cold shower before. It wasn't intentional. Oh, it's dreadful. Absolutely dreadful. And it was when the boiler broke some years ago. Don't even get me going on it. Because I remember sitting there in the shower. Yes, I sit. And um, and all of a sudden, oh, this is lovely. And all of a sudden I think, oh, I'm sure the temperature's going down. And blow me down, it did. It went ice cold. And I went from being covered in soap, and I mean covered in soap, bubbles everywhere. And all of a sudden, the te- oh, it was awful. It was awful. It was the most dreadful, dreadful thing I've ever done before. But now they say you don't take sickies. I don't do sickies anyway. I'm not very good at taking sickies. Um, But if you take a cold shower, you won't take sickies. Uh, Pictures politically incorrect in the paper today. Battle of the the sexists. And um, it's they're old. I think they've used these for old birthday cards and stuff like that, which I think are quite funny. But... People say, oh, they're not, they're not funny at all. Not funny at all. Afternoon heart surgery. For anybody going in for heart surgery this morning, apparently, if you have it done in the afternoon, it's more successful. 50% more successful. I don't know why that would be, but uh, it is. The Euro judges have said bridge is not a sport. Uh, it may give you a mental workout, but it's not a sport. The physical element is negligible, so the card game can only be considered a pastime. Uh, that's been the English Bridge Union and the UK Taxman trying to work out whether it's an Olympic sport. <laughs> They've said it's not. Well, of course it's not. Don't be so silly. It's a card game. It's a card game. Also, um, uh, the lack of choice means families have to settle for poor care homes. Um, we've talked about care homes in the past and how expensive they are. I don't think... Is there such a thing as a poor care home? Well, there must be. There absolutely must be. But when I say poor, I think that's poor service as opposed to 
poor as in cost of putting somebody in there. And also, where's the ambulance? The last words of a dying grandmother with serious head injuries who'd waited an hour for paramedics. You know why? It's because they are stretched to capacity with stupid people who waste their time. People who call an ambulance out for sort of no reason apart from, I've got a bit of a headache and everything. I feel dizzy when I stand up. Well, don't stand up then. You know, you see it on the television. You see the programmes where they've sort of got, you know, people who phone up 999. You go, yes, 999, which emergency do you require? Oh, I just wanted to check if you could give me the number of the local takeaway because... Uh, it hasn't arrived yet, and I'd forgotten the number of it. Oh, sorry, this is the ambulance service. Oh, right, you don't have the number then? No. And then they put the phone down on them. There's some really dumb people out there. But as I say, you watch the Jeremy Kyle show, so you're probably well aware of just how stupid some of these people are. Mind you, they seem to turn up everywhere now. Not confined to the Jeremy Kyle show. They seem to put them on Loose Women. They seem to put them on This Morning. In fact, they put them on just about anywhere. In fact, you can always guarantee... Guarantee that the producers of this, of this morning will always put somebody on who I've, who I've done on the programme and gone, oh, how awful these people are. And I, in my mind's eye, I can see people on there. I can see people on there. We, we have, a, we have a, a little short clip for you. It's only a short clip of idiots who call 999. OK, listen, listen, believe it or not, these phone calls are not staged. These are genuine people. Hello, police. What's the emergency? I've got some problem with Apple company and uh, I've sent them my uh, headphones, which was faulty. What, what have you dialed 999 for? What's your emergency that you need the police for? Well, I can't get, there's no way for me to get home. Hello, police, what's your emergency? Hi, I'm sorry, I just want to make an inquiry. Um, I'm not sure how to go about it. Um, my mum put a deposit down on the fridge freezer. Um, we phoned the shop several times. Um, we've been to the shop, the shop is closed. We just want to know if um, we can sort of get some help. Hello, please, what's your emergency? Hello, um, just give me the number for the non, non-emergency, please, please. So you phone 999 to ask for a non-emergency number? Yes. 101, goodbye. I'm afraid he was far too polite. And the other one, yeah, so I don't know really what to do. We've got a fridge freezer and a sh- I'm sorry, these people really that thick? Answer, yes. They were not staged. We didn't bring in actors. Those were genuine clips of idiots wasting the emergency services uh, time. Now you wonder why somebody has to wait for an ambulance. Because somebody go. They had one woman. I watched her the other week. She's quite clearly just the local drunk that they've known for ages and ages. And she just wants somebody to talk to. She's lonely. So she calls and then they send somebody round. I think on this occasion they sent the police round. And, um, and then they said, do you want an ambulance? And she went, oh, oh. And you think, no, just shove her inside her front door and shut the door again. And just ignore her when she comes up. It's ridiculous. They had that. Do you remember the other day? And it's being pursued by the police at the moment. A woman who was trying to do cash for crash in Blackpool. The driver of a minicab had stopped at the traffic lights. She then ran and threw herself onto the car and then lay down in the road. I mean, seriously. Luckily, I had a dash cam. My advice, if you're a minicab driver or a cab driver, get a dash cam. It's the only way you can prove these things, these idiots who try and cheat the system. Luckily, uh, nothing happened. But her boyfriend started acting as well, going, what are you doing to my girlfriend and all this kind of stuff? And he's going, she threw herself at the car, mate. You must be more stupid than you look. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, a pretty nice heavy company. 24 minutes to six. Friday morning. Uh, don't forget, a little bit later on, in the, uh, the next bit of the programme... Uh, we'll be playing a couple of clips from the guests who are joining me for In Conversation this 
week. Uh, apparently, uh, Mark says, did you know that for the King of Thailand's funeral, we sent Prince Andrew to represent the UK? God. That's who we sent, was it? What a disappointment for them. I mean, was William busy or so? Was Harry really busy? Or was he sort of organising the next flight for Meghan? It's like, honestly, we don't want Prince Andrew. Kind of Prince Andrew. Good Lord, about dreadful representation. Uh, when Katie Price arrived at Waterstones in Wigan, she did so on a fire engine, says Jimmy. Really? Did it sell any more copies of the book? Brooklyn Beckham, I shouldn't imagine, sold many copies of his book. He made it onto the Sunday Times bestseller list, but I think you only need to sell a few to get onto that. So I think he sold of his Brooklyn Beckham as a photographer. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm also um, the Pope. Actually, that wouldn't be a bad job at all. I wouldn't mind being the Pope, actually. Imagine all that influence you could have in the world. You could change everything, couldn't you, really, quite quite quickly and overnight. Um, but uh, I, I think he sold about 4,000 copies. That was it. Hardly worth bothering, really. Uh, 84850, uh Another one here, which says... Uh, uh, Kenneth Branagh, Tom Hardy, Killian Murphy, oh, and some others. Steve Allen claims Harry Styles was the best-known actor in the movie. Yes, he was, actually. I'm ever so sorry, but he, he was. They're all famous actors, but you ask millions of teenagers all over the world, Andrew, uh, who, who they knew in the film, they'll only know Harry Styles, OK? Harry Styles was the one who garnered all the, uh, the publicity on that. Hardly anything from Killian Murphy, hardly anything from Kenneth Branagh. And a little bit from Tom Hardy. So Harry Styles, he is a global star. You need to get your head out of the sand, matey, and find out. They're all famous actors. and uh, But unfortunately, the one who got all the publicity was Harry Styles. What does that tell you? I was right again. <gasps> I just hate it when I'm right. It's so embarrassing. Uh, Steve, the people who put up their huge Christmas lights on two months early, spending a few grand, they want to get their money's worth, says Suzanne. Yeah, they've only got 10,000 lights. I've got 10,000 on one of my trees. 10,000 lights, that's what I put on it. Admittedly, they're a bit tinier than their lights. Um, Steve, Holly Willoughby didn't see a ghost in the loo. The white mist in front of her eyes was the automatic air freshener. We've all got, you know, you walk into the bathroom. That's all you get, isn't it, in the bathroom nowadays. (laughs) Uh, Which I love. Uh, Steve, I wash my bananas and apples most morning. You never know who's been handling them. Do you really? you, You don't wash bananas, surely. You never wash bananas. Never. You wouldn't do it because the, the actual fruit you're eating is inside the thing. It's like you don't wash an orange, would you? Would you wash an orange? Oh, some people might do, I suppose. Uh, Mike says, my brother-in-law and I worked away from home for two years and stayed at a campsite, which only had mains water showers. Summer was amazing, but winter a bit of a shock. Yes, I can, I can well imagine. At my school, when I went to prep school, cold showers in winter. You, your hands were so numb you couldn't do up the buttons on your, uh, on your, um, on your shirt. Off to Vegas today, first time in three months. I'll miss your show for six days. Why? What do you mean, miss the show? How ridiculous. What are you, mad? Have you, been, have you not listened to this programme before? Go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. Download the app for the iPhone. And then you can listen to LBC when you're over there. You don't have to miss the show at all. I've got $30 for you to put on a number on, on Blackjack. Oh, I'm not allowed to do that. I'm not allowed to recommend that. I can't do anything on that, 27. I'm not supposed to do it. The reason being, you might put money on a number that I come up with, and then if you lose it, you'll go, Steve Allen told me to bet on that one. No, I can't. I'm not allowed to do it. I can't, 27. I, um, I wouldn't have thought it was at uh, 50. Um, no, I mean, I don't. I don't, I'm, I don't. I'm not very good at things like that. I'm really not very good at things like that. Uh, Kevin the Milkman says, you asked earlier if there was a heaven and a hell. I don't know either, but I suspect if there is a hell... I'll end up there sitting right next to Satan so he can personally keep an eye on me. 
Yeah, I'm going to recommend he keeps an eye on you. Definitely. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I always think you can always get in the most dreadful arguments, can't you, about religion? You know, some people who want to believe something, some people who don't want to believe something. And then some people say, yes, when you die, you go to here. When you die, you go to... And you think, I don't... Listen, nobody's ever come back. Nobody's ever come back yet. So you'll have to, to wait and find out. Uh, somebody else saying, what on earth was that Andrew on? Quite clearly, Harry Styles was the only one known to millions of girls throughout the world who is the one who garnered all the publicity. Absolutely. Yes. It had famous people in it. But uh, poor old Andrew, obviously not in the real world and still with his head stuck into the sand, doesn't realise just what the impact of Harry Styles was. That film was sold on Harry Styles. Every bit of publicity sold on Harry Styles. I know because I talked about it at the time. Because I am the expert, Andrew, and you're not. Uh, There's a father in the paper today. (laughs) So good. Uh, Threatened with the police. He paid to swim with an old pound coin. His name's Michael Berry. His son's called Mike. Uh, Staff tried to turn away Michael Berry when he handed over the coin, but he defied them. His son Milo was singing swim, swim, swing, swim, and would have been very upset, apparently, if they'd left. But after entering the pool, staff told Mr Berry they would call the police if he didn't get out. He went to the hydro in North Yorkshire and Harrogate five times a week and promised to pay them the next day on Monday. The married father of one took Milo for a 30-minute swim session. He's been a member of the council-run pool for six months. The receptionist asked him to pay a pound entry fee for his son. But he didn't have any change apart from an old pound coin. He was reminded the coin had stopped being legal tender. He's obviously one of these idiots. I'm sorry, have you read the newspapers, dear? It's been on the television and the newspapers and everything. He, anyway, he carried on into the pool area, so he's now trespassing, as far as I'm concerned. He said, I didn't have any money on me except my locker pound. That's all you walked in with, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you only had an old pound coin on you. The lady behind the desk said, I couldn't go in. I told her that by the time I got home and got a new pound, I'd missed the session. I asked her if I could pay with a new one tomorrow. She said no. Then asked her manager. The manager said no. I said, can I leave my membership card and pay tomorrow? She still said no. Yeah, what is it about the word no you're not understanding? Dimbo? They said no. Got to pay now for it. I was quite surprised when the manager was called. But I was expecting them to be reasonable. They were completely inflexible. They said no. Honestly, idiots like you really annoy me. I explained what had happened. They thought it was ridiculous and let me in. Because he, he'd, um, he'd, he'd explained it to the lifeguards. So now the lifeguards are going to be in trouble because somebody's already said no to him. Harrogate Borough Council spokesman said, in cases such as this, the site would normally attempt to make arrangements to collect payment at a later date. We're so- he said they have to apologise. We're sorry if there's been a misunderstanding. You've pandered to him. Big mistake. Big, big mistake. You're telling me that that's all he's got? He's just got this old one-pound coin and he didn't notice the difference? God's truth. I'm a firefighter, Steve. I was called the other night by the police to uh, an 88-year-old woman who'd fallen and was waiting five hours for an ambulance. There were already three police officers there, five five firefighters, and eventually, first response car... And uh, after about six hours, the ambulance turned up. They're already stretched with all the cutbacks. And this go to show they've not got time to deal with people they think need an ambulance because they've got, you know, a little sniffle. They do. People call out an ambulance. You know, people sit in A&E. What's the matter with you? Got a cold. Go to the chemist. I would be weeded. What, what are you here for? I'll just stub my toe. Go to the chemist. Get out. Stop wasting our time. You've got to throw these people out. They're idiots. Idiots. Dear, honestly, I can't believe it. Why is it that people sort of think that they want to... Is it because they can then go to work? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not very well. What's the matter with you? I stubbed my toe. Mick says there is definitely a hell. Try living with my wife. Somebody said, hell? Hounslow. Mm, 
Yeah. I know Hounslow because I have been uh, shopping there. It is the millionaire's playground of Hounslow, not Jan Moyer. It's talking about Louise, little Louise, poor little Louise who put her career on hold, whatever that was. They say, what is she looking for? Louise Redknapp admits she had the perfect life for handsome husband, beautiful children, no money worries. But now she says she lost herself during her 20 year marriage and wants time on her. Her husband, Jamie Redknapp, is left struggling to understand and wondering what he did wrong. The spark of singer Louise's unhappiness was kindled into a firestorm when she appeared on Strictly Come Dancing. The influence of fellow contestant and new best friend, Daisy Lowe, is said to be a significant factor. Daisy is free, single and 14 years younger than Louise. Louise is an old woman now, and she's sort of trying to sort of... Like old men who go out and buy a motorbike, I suppose. What is it that this ultimate yummy mummy wants? She doesn't know. But I do, says Jan Moyer. She wants to be young again. And that's the one thing she can't have. You're an old woman. You're not glamorous. You're not interesting. You're just an old woman with two children. And somebody said to you, you know, oh, listen, you're really glamorous and gorgeous. And she's gone. <laughs> it's like the scene from Mary Poppins, isn't it? Whether at the races. And he goes, and this is the wife, blah, blah, blah. And a lovely thing she is too. And then the wife goes, <laughs> and she's not. She's super kind of... So anyway, so that's it. And she says here, some mates say Mrs. Redknapp is being brave. Others that she's being selfish because so many of their lives are involved in her decisions. If every husband or wife acted upon such uh, inchoked feelings of dissatisfaction and missed opportunities, there'd be no marriage left. I hope Louise locates whatever it is she's looking for. I suspect she won't find it hanging out with larky old Daisy. Yeah, old woman and young girl. You know, it doesn't kind of work, does it, Louise? But there again, I'm telling you the truth. I'm telling you the truth, you know. You're not gorgeous and wonderful. You're just a woman with two kids with a husband who's sitting there going, what's going on? What's happening? Oh, she wants to be famous. So we've had lots of pictures of her looking miserable. That's being famous, apparently, now. Lots of pictures. No, no pictures of her laughing and smiling and being happy. They only want the miserable pictures. So, meanwhile, the kids are there going, what's going on? And Daddy goes, I don't know. I don't know. I wish I could tell you. It's a uh, it's shame, really, isn't it? I mean, Jamie is no doubt going around saying, she's literally left me. Because he, he overuses literally. It's his favourite word. She's literally... I mean, he's not, he's not the most exciting live wire you've ever seen. He really isn't. But I don't think that was the reason. It's just that somebody... She had a little bit of fame again. I mean, all she was in was in Eternal. And she wasn't the most interesting one in Eternal. And that was so many years ago. And then all of a sudden, she has a little stint on the television. They go, oh, look, it's Louise Redknapp. So now she's touring in Cabaret. And, um, and she thinks this is sort of mirroring her life. Dream on, dreamboat. It ain't like that. Come back to the reality. Come back to the reality. You know, because you're looking like the old woman hanging around with a young girl. It looks peculiar. It's not, it's not right. Go back to your husband. You don't have to be with him. You could, you could separate, do whatever you want. But let's take away this, you know, oh, now I'm going back into the recording studio. And now, do, to do what, dear? What, you think you're going on tour, do you? Please don't. Look at poor Peter Andre. No, let's not. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Steve, Christmas is on the wrong date set by the church. Jesus' birthday, I've worked out, says Paul, is 31st of May. Well, actually, nobody knows this officially. That One paper did it, that it was June the 15th or something. What we do know is that Jesus certainly wasn't born in December. Oh, that was pretty... Oh, I like that. Where's that come from? That was quite... No, we haven't heard that one before. <laughs> I don't know where that... Blimey, very unusual. Yeah, we, we, it was definitely not December. December was the pagan festival... Uh, and I think they were, it was winter solstice and all that kind of thing. I don't know why the church picked on 
Christmas. Uh, yeah, well, Christmas as... Because it was Christkindle Mass, wasn't it? I think. I get confused with it. But it certainly wasn't his birthday in December. Whichever way the church looked at it, perhaps it was the time of year that nobody went to church. Perhaps they were trying to think of a way of getting people to go back into church so they could sort of, you know, resurrect it and try and keep it going. Because more and more churches close down now. More and more churches are in, you know, disrepair or they've converted them into flats. You get that a lot. I've always wanted to live in a church. Always wanted to live in a church. I don't know why. Perhaps it's a, perhaps it's a spiritual thing. There was one for sale near me. Unfortunately, it was a bit out of my price bracket. It was nine million. And I had 8.99, but I didn't have the extra pound. That's what I should have asked the bloke who went swimming. So, Paul, we, we don't know when it was. No, nobody can agree on it at all. Uh, somebody says, um, I don't always agree with you because you're too harsh, methinks. But despite that, I still love you. Yeah, OK, well, whatever, you know. You, don't, you should never agree with people all the time. That would be ridiculous, isn't it? Uh, because I can usually only hear the radio on the way to work and on the way back, I would miss you entirely. So I pay for the podcast literally only because of you. I'm very flattered indeed. I think that's a very nice thing to do. If only I was on a share of it, but uh, but I'm not. But that's the only way you get to keep everything. Uh, Steve, so interested to see the... Uh, oh, see, I can't mention that. But I... I oh, right. Oh, he's being nasty. Oh, right. The five life figures are down. I ditched them some eight months ago because they were so boring. But uh, then I found you. That's good, isn't it? It says, I, I tell everybody, particularly people who wake up early and need excellent company. Well, that, well put it this way. It's worked. Perhaps I should have to send money or something like that, because the spike this time round is just a bit unbelievable. I mean, seriously, it's, it's almost like somebody's having a bit of a joke and they've just gone, oh, let's just put this line in here. I feel sorry for everybody else on it this time. You might as well, you might as well just literally just turn everything off and go and sit in the corner and do a jigsaw. You might as well. We seem to have, seem to have it sewn up, so I'm very grateful. Thank you for that. I always tell people, tell everybody about LBC, because you get... And then somebody else wrote the other day and said there's the best combination in the morning of Steve Allen and then Nick Ferrari. It's sort of, we've sort of sealed up that nice little bit. As I say, we don't blow our own trumpet very often, but when we do, we like to make sure it's pretty loud. Uh, Steve, a few months ago, my wife, daughter and I were caught up in the beachy head gas cloud incident. I had itchy eyes, but my daughter, three months old, became breathless. We went to uh, Eastbourne for treatment. I couldn't believe the number of people who admitted to only going to the hospital for a shower. They went through the decontamination tent and then went home. It was a major incident and the NHS was fantastic. The people wasting their time and ruining it. They do it all the time. You see people going to hospital. I can understand somebody going in for, you know, burns or plasters needed, but not somebody who's got a cold. I mean, that is just a complete waste of everybody's time. Oh, I've, I've cut my finger and go to the chemist. Get out. Well, I, I thought, because it's a hospital. Go to the chemist. Go away. Oh, do, do I not get it for free? No, go to the chemist. I don't want time wasters. I mean, I, I think I should be allowed to sit on the door of A&E. Hello, what are you here for? Plaster, chemist over the road. Thank you. Next. Sorry, no, I just wanted to see a doctor. You don't need to see a doctor. Go to the chemist over the road. Get some saddle on. Put it on there. Put the plaster around it. Goodbye. You could dispense with these people very quick. We're far too tolerant. We're far too tolerant. Aren't we? We're far too nice to people. I mean, I like it when people are nice. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, the time wasters. And as you heard those, you thought they were probably joke... Um, telephone calls, spoof calls to the 999 service. They weren't. They were genuine people. We've had them before, people phoning up saying, um, my um, my takeaway's not arrived. I think when, when somebody says it's an emergency, I don't think they realise what it is because they're a bit simple. So if somebody says this is the police, they think, oh, because somebody's not right, I'll, I'll, I'll speak to the police about it. And it's called an emergency and I think this is an emergency. My takeaway's not arrived. My pizza's not the right thing. Who do I complain to? 
I mean, you, you, know, you so want to say a rude word and put the phone down and sort of pretend you're not the 999 service. Uh, baking powder. That's what you're supposed to wash fruit and veg in. Baking powder. I have to check with Phil Vickery about it. I've never heard of that before. I don't, I don't wash fruit and veg anywhere, and I've eaten it. It doesn't seem to do me any harm. Uh, they're, they're, they're now trying to link Meghan Markle to this country. <gasps> Stop it. Stop it. Making this new... Where's this new noise come? We don't have... I mean, we don't do noises on phones. Not on programme. I mean, that was a different one as well. That's even more... What This phone's taken over. It's got a life of its own. A friend of mine says Steve Spike Allen has a certain ring about it. St- Steve, this, yeah, I'm not sure. It makes me sound like a sort of a, a wrestler, doesn't it, from sort of gladiators or something like that. Steve the Spike. No, I don't, I don't know. I might have to think about that one. I might have to trademark it. You know, Steve the Kid Allen. Could be a good one, couldn't it? There's been all sorts of ones over the years. Radio presenters, not speech radio presenters, but mainly uh, radio presenters who do music always have these sort of, you know, little names. Yes, Alan Fluff Freeman. I don't know why fluff. I've got no idea. So, so anyway, Megan's going back to her roots. So uh, I up. Uh, so uh, bat. Okay, I'm I'm teaching you Yorkshire. Bat. Bobar. Bobar. You know what Bobar is? <laughs> Rubbish. Bat. Without. Okay. Uh, Moncon. Means grumpy, apparently. I'm not sure if I'm reading this correctly. It sounds a bit stupid, doesn't it, actually? Uh, also here, uh, Fummock peeping out of an ivy bush. <laughs> what do you think that one is? That's untidy hair. Well, that'll be that'll be Harry, won't it? It's falling out at the moment. Much more stress, there'll be nothing left. Mardi. I've heard of Mardi, actually. Mardi. Moody. Moody is Mardi. Uh, mashin. You know what mashin is? Oh, I love a good mashin. Making tea. Apparently, a good mashin. Mithering. Oh, she mithered away, did she? Oh, I'll go to the foot of our stairs. Yeah, mithering is bothering. Uh, and, and the other one, everybody knows. Uh, the most famous Yorkshire saying, E by gum. E by gum. That's oh my God. Uh, parky. Oh, it's parky out there, isn't it? Cold. It's good. See, you know most of these. You, Some of you could go to Yorkshire and have conversation with people who come from the county. You could go there. Oh, oh she's a whittler. Yes, I don't know. Ollie doesn't talk like that. He, he's from Sheffield, though, isn't he? I think he's from the posh bit or something. I think he. I think his parents lived in a kiln. I've decided actually. A, do you think he's he's a whittler? Oh, oh, he's such a whittler. They say that. We always, you know. Oh, he's a whittler. That means a warrior. And um, this one, you'll never know this one. In a million years, you wouldn't guess this one. Oh, Sillin. Oh, Sillin. The people in Yorkshire go, he's speaking our language. He's on the bloke on radio. He's talking our language. It's silling down there. Raining hev- heavily. Why don't they just say it's raining heavily? What is it with Yorkshire? And is this South Yorkshire or York- North Yorkshire or... I don't know. Ollie South Yorkshire, is he? Oh, right. Because I'm, I'm totally convinced there'll be people in Yorkshire listening to this programme this morning getting quite excited that there's a bit of the programme dedicated to them, e by gum. You know, different people say say different things. I mean, Cockneys, of course, use something completely different. And if you're in Essex, they use words. I saw a, another radio presenter. I was reading some Twitters of another radio presenter who's very well known. And uh, and he put, uh, went to see the Spice Girls. They were sick. I thought, yeah, they make me sick. And then I suddenly realised he meant good. 
And I thought, I've never actually seen anybody write sick before. And apparently Joey Essex write this, you know, and, and he comes up with all these sort of little funny words. Nobody speaks like that in Essex, I have to tell you. It's just completely made up. South London ten years ago. Nobody does sick, though, do they? I've never heard of that. Oh, do they? Oh, right. I was going to say, nobody does it now, unless there's something the matter with you. Perhaps you would drop Johnny Red as a child. I don't know. Went to see the Spice Girls. They were sick. Yep, absolutely. Went to see Peter Andre. I mean, that would apply, wouldn't it? He would have been sick. Coming up, the news at six o'clock this morning. Jon Snow hacks off a kid's bike because the kid has attached it to his bike. Disney Channel's first gay character makes his debut. Well, as I say, we, we might be barking up the wrong tree there. Uh, George Bush Sr. accused of another grope. He's obviously a serial groper. Uh, the drunk Brit jailed for the jet rampage. BT ordered to cut a million landline bills by 84 quid. Westminster Women's WhatsApp group have named sex shame MPs. Uh, the disability cheat is a footy ace and Mylene Class models a bikini. It's almost something you couldn't make up, isn't it? You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to have your company. Welcome to Friday, 27th of October. Uh, the Disney Channel. As far as I know, it's never happened before. Uh, the first gay character uh, in uh, one one of their uh, pieces, which is good. Uh, also, 60 days till Christmas. Count them down now. And But before that, you've got this weekend to survive because it's, it's uh, Halloween. And it's, it's on Tuesday. And it's just boring. Just boring. If you've got kids, you're probably very excited by the whole thing. Uh, BT ordered to cut a million landline bills by £84. Uh, Mylene Class models a bikini. That's a shock for everybody. Uh, and why you should wash your fruit and vegetables. Because people don't. I don't. They always say on the on the packet. I'm pretty certain it says, wash your fruit and vegetables. Uh, Megan goes back to her roots. They're obviously now trying to link her to something in this country. So they can go, of course, she's really a true Yorkshire lass. And we're all going, oh, stop it now, for goodness sake. It becomes quite ridiculous, doesn't it? Uh, what was the other one? Um, oh, yes, Colleen soaking up the sun whilst Wayne, who had his 32nd birthday on Tuesday, uh, was painting park benches. And the lady who was robbed in the Aldi store. I wonder how much money they've made on her. I, I made a prediction earlier on. This lady was uh, robbed. By two people, an older man who distracted her and a younger man who pickpocketed her. Uh, and because she was 87, she was in an Aldi in Oswestry. Uh, she probably lost uh, a little bit of money. We don't know how much money she lost. But anyway, a lady set up a, a just giving thing and to get £200 for her to make sure that she didn't, she didn't worry about it. But she might have kept a picture of her husband in her wallet or anything like that. What these thieves do is they take the money from a pensioner. From an 87-year-old. I mean, it's really most disgusting. Anyway, we were quite pleased to report at the beginning of the programme that already there was about £2,500 had been donated. Have we gone above 2500 Because it, I, would, I would like to think that, you know, she's going to have a really good Christmas. So if, if she went out there, and it could be a nasty shock for somebody. She didn't know that she was being, she was being robbed. It's gone up a little bit. They've got £2,445 for it already. And you watch it, you can see this. It's on the uh, it's on the Just Giving page as well. I think it's on LBC as well. It's not on LBC. Oh, it's just... Yeah, just, go, go to justgiving.com and you'll see this lady. The man's saying, oh, you must buy this and all the rest of it. The other bloke, literally, in full view of the camera, crystal clear pictures, reaches into her uh, into her bag and takes her purse out. Uh, luckily, they've got pictures of them. I hope they find you, you scum. People like you make me heartily sick. Really heartily sick. So annoying. We have another thing on the LBC webpage of a, of a shoplifter who then runs out but knocks somebody over on the way out. This time of year, you're going to get loads of shoplifters. 
and it's really bad. Peter says, when I was a probationer police officer in Weymouth many years ago, I was working in the inquiry office and an elderly lady called. She told my colleague, a wise and venerable old-time copper, she was worried about a pigeon that uh, she said had been on the roof of her neighbour's house for three days. With great solemnity, he explained to her it was probably a racing pigeon resting. Thus satisfied, she rang off. Unforgettable. Yes, it's, I mean, people, people do that. What did somebody, it's like that advert on the television, they're now taking the mickey out of somebody who's deaf. And the other one is somebody who's blind. You know, you see somebody saying, oh, don't, don't, don't go and answer the door. And it wasn't, it was the phone ringing. And then there was another one as well, where it's somebody who obviously couldn't see. And then I think the headline was, you know, should have gone to Specsavers or something like that. Some poor dog ends up with a, with a, a dreadful sheep cut or something like that. But, uh, it's not good, is it? But people phone up, they, they phone up 999 to ask the stupidest of questions. I'd have, I mean, if it was me answering the phone, I know they always say, calls are recorded, and blah, blah, blah. I think you should be allowed to laugh at people and go, you're really thick, aren't you? And put the phone down. You know, what are you going to do? So somebody then calls back and says, I've just been told I was thick because I called up about, you know, where's my sausage in Batagon? And the person then go, yeah, well, you are thick and put the phone down again. You could keep it going all day. But some people just constantly phone up. One of them, hundreds of times. Hundreds of times. It's ridiculous. You've got to stop these people. Uh, Dean watched a World in Action episode uh, from 1975. One nursing sister and a doctor on shift. Door was bolted shut. Admissions were up to them. Brilliant idea. Brilliant idea. We were talking earlier on about Harry Styles. And somebody saying, you know, because I said he was the most famous person in the film. He was the one. And he was used for, for a lot of advertising and everything else. You know why? They want to put bottoms on seats. We had to explain to poor Andrew, who didn't really understand at all, that uh, Harry Styles was the most important person in that film. There might have been other people in it who are probably very well known, but the one who puts the bums on the seats would be Harry Styles because he puts them on there because he's got millions of fans around the world. That's how you work it. And that's why they put him in the film. Because all these young girls, we go, we're going to see Harry Styles. At all intents and purposes, he was very good. So he is the most famous person in the film. Amount of people who've written in saying, "Of course he's the most person." Why does Andrew not understand that? I don't know. I don't know. Perhaps he doesn't understand who he is. Uh, all my three te- three teens say "sick," says Catherine. Whenever I tell them I've done something which they're really happy about, or I give them any good news, it's been around for about two years. Just used it on uh, on its own. No, that's sick. It's just sick. Whatever it is, it's stupid. I'm sorry, it's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. It's not... Sick means, ugh, disgusting, horrible. It doesn't mean good. It's never meant good. It doesn't feature in any language. It's just made up by some silly little buffoon on a television programme. And, yes, some people say, oh, that's really ill. And you go, what? Do you mean sick? Are you sick or are you ill? You go in there, they go, you sick or you ill? They go, yep, I'm whoopee-doo. I'm having a sick day. What? No, it isn't a word. Sick means sick. It's as simple as that. It doesn't mean happy. It doesn't mean it's brilliant. It doesn't mean anything at all. And anybody who writes that down is sick. I mean, honestly, I can't even educate people now, can we? You have to try and explain something to somebody. They'll be writing back saying, well, Joey Essex says sick. No, he doesn't. You listen to him talking normally. He just talks, well, I mean, in his own funny little way. Uh, Gemma Collins, I think, might have used it. But there again, she is sick. Bobby Cole Norris must have been sick. And uh, Arge Argent. Arge Honestly, uh, is definitely ill. Definitely ill. Definitely. Poor soul. Uh, what do we have here the papers as well today? We've got a skirt that looks like a car mat. I don't know why people are bothered about that. And as Westminster Women's Secret WhatsApp group names sex pest MPs, how many are there? P. 
pervy politicians should be afraid, be very afraid. Because what they're going to do is they're going to put people's names up on the internet. And, um, you know, there's going to be a case of, well, it's not true, but they're going to name the lechers, the abuse and boozy gropers, um, the, the WhatsApp messages. They've got one here. Needs a new researcher. Can't be a woman. Watch out for at conference. Don't get caught in the lift with groped my bottom at a drinks party, not safe in taxis, and uh, very handsy. That means a little bit too handsy. And this is all inside. It's uh, it's ridiculous. Mind you, Martin Clunes, Martin Clunes has accused actresses of flirting with movie producers in the wake of the Harvey Weinstein scandal. Uh, the Doc Martin star worked with disgraced film mogul Weinstein uh, on the hit Shakespeare in Love. He said at a charity event, some of these actresses, there are some draped over him in a club. If I did that to them, I'd be, uh, well, I don't know. It's not news that these producers and predators allowed some people to. Of course, it's absolutely ghastly. It's a form of prostitution, the old, uh, the oldest game in the business. You know, because there will be some people who will not be complaining about being groped by Harvey Weinstein or whatever. So, that, that, so there's even more people than you ever imagine. But uh, I've told you before, it's, it's like that in the business. Some people say, oh, don't hang around with so-and-so because they'll, they'll drape themselves all over you. And you go, rather not, rather not. Um, there's a picture here. Fergie acts unfair. This was a story from yesterday about Sarah Ferguson's dog walker. I didn't even know she had a dog let alone a walker for it. And it turned out she'd had a fling or she was having a fling with somebody. Anyway, they fired her and that's it. Also, Harry's two-year crush on Meghan. He saw it on television. Good Lord, that was one of those busy periods when he sat down and watched it. Suits me, sir. And so he liked her, he saw her, and now he's got her. And whether they get married, we'll have to wait and see. Also, Bruno arrives back home. Bruno Antonioni. Uh, possibly one of the campest people on television, I would think, who does a lot of arm-waving. I'm assuming he was trying to pretend to be a windmill or something. Anyway, he goes on holiday and he's chatting up some uh, some good-looking male model called Matt, who models underwear. And um, uh, Matt, who's Brit, said he's a lovely, lovely guy. If you want to laugh to the point, you know, where you wet yourself, he's your man. Oh, I don't think want to do that, do we? That's not very nice, is it? Uh, Strictly kicked into the uh, into the touches because there's a lot of people hurt. Uh, one hurt. Uh, Susan has a sickness bug. Uh, Chef Simon hurt. And dancer AJ laid low by illness. I think it's the truth of the matter is he just doesn't want to dance with Molly King because, you know, it's going to kill his career stone dead. You know, far from working to his advantage, what he doesn't realise, she's working to her advantage. He's just sort of helping out. Uh, after the uh, news and travel this morning, we'll take a look ahead to I'm in to who I'm in conversation with this weekend. It's two of the stars of the new film Breathe, so that's coming up very shortly. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Interestingly enough, there's another picture in the paper today which is going to horrify you. The first one was the 87-year-old lady who was being pickpocketed by two quite adept people. One does the distracting, the other does the pickpocketing, and that's very annoying. The other picture that's going to annoy you is um, if you went to West Ham uh, to watch uh, them playing on Wednesday at Wembley. Why? Because one person there, this is a Spurs fan, who wheezed into a glass, okay, 
They've got him caught on camera. You'll see both of these perpetrators. And he hands it to his mate, who throws it into the air, thus covering people in urine. Uh, it was at rival supporters, including children. The pair are seen smirking during the stunt at Wembley on Wednesday. West Ham fan TV posted the clip after their 3-2 cap win. They wrote, these idiots have the audacity to call us vile. Share and get this pair. They're, they, you can see them. You'll know who they are if you know these people because uh, the police are investigating. They face a life ban. Tottenham are having a, a look as well because they want to uh, they want to find them very quickly. And so you'll see the picture of the bloke throwing it and you'll see the picture of the bloke smirking. But they were caught on camera. People are so dumb, aren't they? And so this too will be uh, will be caught and they'll be named and shamed by the newspapers. That's the good thing about the newspapers. Sometimes, you know, they take it a bit too far and you think, I don't know, should we know about these sort of things? People who do this, I think we have to we have to stop them very quickly. Also, the drunk Brit. This is this... This sozzled woman, a more disgusting person, gets on a flight in Manchester, off a trolley, continues to drink, abuse people on the plane, doing the usual sort of thing. Quite clearly just a bad, sad, stupid little no mark. Anyway, the pilot decides, having come out and said, listen, sit, sit back, put your seatbelt on. She, all that kind of stuff. And so they have to divert. They divert to Canada. She's promptly hauled off the plane. Next day, she's in court. They don't mess around in Canada. Not like over here. Well, you know, would you like to go home? We'll just give you a ring when we think you can come back. No, in Canada, in court, she was off to prison for 20 days. And when she comes out, hopefully she'll have a bill of up to £10,000 because that's how much it costs to divert the plane to Canada. I shouldn't imagine any of the passengers on there wanted to put up with this foul-mouthed, drunken old bag, you know, and ruined their holiday. So uh, I hope they fine her maximum. It can go up to 10,000 quid. Generally speaking, it's between two and 10,000 pounds. But uh, I say, a very stupid woman called Bridget Hanley. Bridget Hanley's actually got children as well. What an embarrassment. Here's mummy, drunk. An embarrassment. In prison, 20 days. That's good, isn't it? It's a shame, actually, it didn't happen near a Christmas. We could have kept her in over the festive season. Well, they could have kept her. At least we don't have to worry about it. Uh, Martin says, listening to you in uh, Rotorua. Is that how you pronounce it in New Zealand? Oh, you're not sure either, are you? Uh, on a three-week vacation, New Zealand. I bet it rains. I bet it always rains in New Zealand. It ra- it's lovely, it ra- but it does rain over there. Some friends of mine went over there because they went whale-watching. You can do whale-watching. And uh, he says, my wife, Debbie, insists on listening to you. I know. I, I never understand it either. Uh, somebody says, I, Andy says, I see no actual evidence that Prince Harry and Meghan Markle have anything more than a casual friendship. Are you kidding are you kidding? We've seen pictures of him kissing her cheek. We're not actually allowed to see full-on that kind of snoggy woggy stuff, which we don't we don't like that at all, do we? That's that's a little bit too much. But um, uh, Andy thinks it could be a media fiction. Oh no, no, they're they're, they're definitely an item. Oh, I, I'm I'm ninety nine percent certain it's, they're an item. But it's I mean, she spent the night in his apartment quite, on quite a few occasions. He spent the night in. Well, in, in a hotel, on quite a few occasions. I don't think they're sitting there colouring in or doing anything like that. I think, they, you know, I think they're, they're sort of up to no good. I think there's a bit more than hanky-panky going on. I bet she's seen his boxer shorts, put it that way. In fact, she's probably seen a bit more than that. Mind you, if you went to a hotel in Vegas, you'd have seen a lot more of him as well. Because he's had his history, hasn't he? Apparently now he's grown up. I do hope so, but I have a horrible feeling it's going to go a bit pear-shaped somewhere along the line. Because he's already told the press to lay off her. Well, now there's as much interest as ever. Now he's said nothing. He's not even said whether they're going out. Perhaps he doesn't know. Perhaps he doesn't know. Uh, Sick is no different to Wicked used back in the day. We love oxymorons. 
says Sticks in Croydon. No, it's not the same as Wicked. Wick, wick, wicked. Wicked means it's wicked. It's not the same as sick. Sick means, you know, it's not the it's not the same as anything else. Sick means sick, but apparently sick means it's great and happy. Well, there's nothing great about being sick. And wicked meant wicked. Everybody did it. You know, they used to use it on comedy programmes. And wicked means something's cool. Not, it's not an oxymoron at all. I don't think so. I'd be very surprised. Both my guests on In Conversation this weekend are stars of the new film called Breathe. It's uh, an emotional roller coaster about a man who became paralysed after being diagnosed with polio and then became a great campaigner for people with conditions like his. First up, it's a man whose early roles were on the stage as a member of the National Theatre, followed by work with the Royal Shakespeare Company. He later moved on to the television and film scene, often playing bumbling and awkward characters such as Bernie in the hit film Notting Hill. Over the years, he gradually moved to centre stage and starred in the period drama Downton Abbey and the sitcom W1A, as well as playing Mr Brown in the much-loved children's film Paddington. It's Hugh Bonneville, and he told me all about the forthcoming release of Paddington 2. This second film, I think, is, is ticks even more boxes. I mean, the dear departed Michael Bond, you know, he, he died on our final day of filming, which was yes. very poignant. Um, yes, I interviewed him, and, did you? and I, I just had to keep saying to him, you're one of my favourite authors, my brother's got all the Paddington books, <laughs> and he's, he seemed genuinely thrilled that people really liked Paddington Bear. And I said, listen, you cannot not like Paddington Bear. Yeah. He was just, he was a very enduring character. You know, when, when they tried to get him map reading in the car, he spent 20 minutes because he put marmalade on the pages and he was following marmalade. He didn't follow anything That's else. That's right, he was following the rind, wasn't yes, he? Yes, he was the following map. the rind. Yeah. Have you read the books? Well, I've read them as audiobooks. I've, no. done, I've done most of them as audiobooks and they're just as enchanting now as they were when I, I was yes. like, you know, I grew up uh, reading them. And, um, and it's interesting, I, I was talking to Karen Jankel, his daughter, um, just the other day about... Uh, about the tributes that have come in from around the world, and yeah. obviously the number of people who have just not only just had affection for the for the character himself, but but the number of people who said, you know, Paddington taught me to read and taught me to love reading, yes. um, and uh, uh, and also you know a couple of teachers saying Paddington taught me the benefit of the hard stare. <laughs> yes, yes, Paddington's hard stare was quite. But there was something nice about it. It, it was always there was different Paddington stories. There was a different story in each book. Well, in effect, there was there were sort of perfect bedtime stories because they're yes. all about I don't know eight or ten pages long uh, within a book, and maybe I don't know six or eight or ten mm. stories. So they were perfect. I remember them as the perfect bedtime story. So um, and he and he moved with the generations. He he, he was always of the time that Michael was writing. Um, I mean, he never went as far as I don't think having a mobile phone, but uh, but uh, <laughs> you you sort of felt that he was somehow contemporary. He was yeah. he was of the time. I like the idea of Paddington having a mobile phone. The actor Hugh Bonneville, who'll be in conversation with me this weekend, as well as Hugh, I'll be talking to one of his Breathe co-stars, who was born in Los Angeles but moved to the UK at the age of three. His acting career started on the stage before he too moved to television. He appeared in shows like Sugar Rush. And Doctor Who, and was then in good company for his first feature film, first feature film, Lions for Lambs, because he appeared alongside Tom Cruise, Meryl Streep, and Robert Redford. He also starred in The Amazing Spider-Man, The Social Network, and Hacksaw Ridge. It's Andrew Garfield. He told me it isn't always easy to walk away from a project after filming. 
but I find it quite hard, especially with a film, because um, it, you you make a film and then uh, about a year later it comes out. Yeah. Um, so then you, you, you've changed as a person, you've changed as an actor, and then, and then you have the act of giving it away, but then you have to be present for, 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 for giving it away. You have to watch people as they receive it, which is a very strange thing, whereas in theatre you're there with the audience simultaneously and it's all happening at once, and it takes away the, some of the, um, the fear. You, 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 don't, you don't have time to be afraid of what they think about it. You're just present doing it. Okay. So, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's an interesting thing with making a film, and, we, and we've been, you know, travelling... With this film, breathe. We're very, very proud of it. We're very, very excited to give it away. But at the same time, there's some sadness of giving it away as well, because then it doesn't become. It's not yours anymore, and it does become an audience's. Yeah. And then it comes back years later, because by the time it's sort of it's done the rounds of the cinemas and everything else, and the critics have mm-hmm. have reviewed it, and then then it comes out on DVD. So as as an actor, and because of cinema, you know, we we can watch your life over and over and over again. It's very, are you able to watch yourself back? Are you able to step out of the character and watch it? Um, I, I've learned to because I'm very interested in the whole filmmaking process. So I think there was a period of time where I couldn't really do it. I was I, I tried to avoid watching myself because, you know, it's like listening to yourself on, a, on an answering machine, but times a million, you kind of go, that's not how I sound, that's not how I look. That's not, you know, it's all that kind of stuff. But, um... But recently, I've kind of I've bit the bullet and I've uh, been more engaged in the whole process with the editing process and all those kinds of things. So, yeah, you, you have to kind of get used to the fact that you are on screen for everyone to judge I know. and to you have opinions about and worst of all yourself I, you know, I'm my, my own worst critic Interesting, the actor Andrew Garfield who's in conversation with me this weekend along with his Breed co-star Hugh Bonneville, you can hear me talking to Hugh and Andrew tomorrow morning from 6 after the best of Steve Allen if you can't make it then you get another chance on Sunday evening from 9 and you can download the whole thing from the LBC catch up app for your mobile or tablet too. So two good conversations, both talking about the same film. It's a very interesting film, very very interesting film, and uh, and a top weepy friend of mine sent me a thing saying he'd actually been out to see it, and he said it's it's way up the scale. There's some good light bits, but it's uh, it's a weepy, and I, you know me, I love it. it put it this way, all it's got to have is weepy storyline and snow, and I'm there. I'm absolutely there with it. I have, I have no problem with this. I don't think there's any snow in this film. I can't remember. I don't think there is. I don't think there is. Heart surgery is uh, is less risky, apparently, after 12 o'clock. Luckily, I'm going back to hospital today, but it's not heart surgery. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. So two things, three things you have to remember. First of all, you have to remember to tell all your friends about this programme. Uh, sorry, four things. Uh, then you have to go to the LBC website and download the app for your iPhone. Then you can stream for free everything on the station. Uh, as long as you do it within seven days of the programme, you can do it. Or if you subscribe, well, there's five things now, um, then you can download everything. Going back years, I mean, seriously, years of all the in conversations, all the old Steve Allen shows. Mind you, they all started as old Steve Allen shows. They haven't become young Steve Allen shows. Nobody ever said young Steve Allen. They always said old Steve Allen shows. And you can do all of that as well. Uh, Then you have to remember this weekend it's Halloween. So you stay in, you lock the door, turn all the lights off and you'll have a nice time. Okay, make sure you've got blinds up and everything else. Uh, Don't answer the door to anybody, uh, even if they're singing Christmas carols. And remember as well, on Saturday night into Sunday morning, before you go to bed, put your clocks back an hour. Okay. So, you know, midnight becomes 11 o'clock. Most people do it at about two, I think. It seems to vary on different sort of places. Uh, two, so two becomes one. Sounds like the title of a Spice Girls song, doesn't it? Two become. Oh, it doesn't matter. It probably wasn't. But, uh, yes, yeah, so remember to put your clocks back 
and then you get an extra hour in bed. Whee! I bet you're so thrilled. Not. <laughs> Mind you, but it goes back the other way. You sort of get less time. Uh, well done to Canada, says Mike. Long prison sentences for all these drunk louts. Hope they managed to catch the uh, the urinating fan at West Ham and give him a prison sentence too. Yes, I mean, that's just appalling. But they've, they've caught it all on camera. So somebody somewhere is going to be sweating big time this morning if you were that person or you know somebody went, oh, you won't believe what we did. You know, so-and-so weed in a mug and then I threw it over the crowd and all the rest of it. <laughs> Your day is going to go so horribly wrong. So horribly wrong. Uh, Stephen, easy way to stop the 999 call abuse is to charge 25 quid for the call. If it's a genuine emergency, please can refund the caller by pressing a refund button. Yeah, you see, I always wanted as well, I always wanted a system whereby if somebody sends an abusive text, you push a button which sends a message back to them saying, thank you so much indeed for your text. You've just been charged £10 for this one, which is coming off your phone bill. That would work really well. I quite like that idea. Or if anybody calls from a mobile, you could do the same for the 999. Thank you for calling. We think you're an idiot. You've just been charged £10. You're going to have no credit left very shortly, are you? Got on the bus the other day, and again, somebody, beep, 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 beep. You know that it hasn't, they haven't got any cash on it. So they turn the card around, they try every which way, but eventually they have to face the fact that they haven't put any money on it for the past year. And that's what, but you have to stop it. But I, I think uh, today we will be catching the, uh, the, the louts who uh, weed and then through the thing over a load of people in the crowd, including children. As I say, you're identified in the papers today, so I'm sure you're going to be thrilled, aren't you, as you're hauled in front of the magistrates. Uh, uh, somebody called Alan says Joey Essex still uses the word six to express good or night. He hasn't been on anything. He's not, he's not been on anything. He's sitting there trying to tell the time, isn't he? I heard it used frequently on the 65 bus. Usually Tiffin Boys and Girls. I'll let you, let you draw your own conclusion, says Alan, uh, regarding the level of intelligence here. <laughs> I've never heard it. Joey Essex used it, in the, but I'm sure somebody said to him, Joey, Joey dear. OK, take, take your head out of the Janet and John books. Come over here and um, can you use the word sick? Say, you know, you know, Gemma Collins, you're sick. OK, can you do that? OK, we'll, we'll just film that a little bit. Lovely. And then they just put it into the programme. That's how it works. Uh, somebody says, Steve, re-sick. Would it be right to call poor Auntie Enid sick? I think she's maybe a bit more. Oh, yeah, she's definitely not sick. She, she's just off her face completely at the moment. I mean, because actually we always tend to find coming up to Halloween. This is my auntie Enid who's in a home and she's been in. I mean, she didn't want to go in. We, we just shoved her in there. It was easier. And uh, she thinks she's coming out again. She's not. Uh, but she uh, <laughs> we've had fun with her over the years and she's been woven into the show. But yeah, I mean, she, at the moment she's happily being medicated because Halloween. They, I noticed a thing the other day. Please do not buy a pet around Halloween or bonfire night because there will be fireworks going off and some some pets can die of shock. They, they, they get very worried about things like that. You've got to look after dogs and pussy cats and stuff like that. They might say, You might think, oh, they don't bother about it. This, bearing in mind, that's like an explosion for them. Actually, over in China, another firework factory exploded the other day. And uh, some people, had only, it had only been open a few months. Some people had just turned up for work. And something caught fire. People living around the area thought it was a bomb that had gone off. And I think something like 42 people were killed. There were loads of people in hospital with burns because, you know, firework factory goes off. There's firework, the, not just the fireworks they're making, but the fireworks that are already made and sitting in boxes. Terrible. Uh, William says, Steve, wicked meant in the 80s, wicked, which was cool. And that's akin to, akin to, oh, so, goovy. 
You mean groovy and the bomb. I don't, I don't quite know those ones, actually. They, they equate good. Why can we just say good? What are all these silly words we're throwing in? It's very annoying. Very annoying, I think. Don't anything like that, do we? Uh, a lot of people agreeing. Long prison sentences. I don't want to be with anybody on a flight who is drunk and behaving badly. I think they should be restrained immediately, gagged if necessary, or just have a doctor on board who can put them out and just leave them there. Because you know, And how they even get on the plane when they're drunk. You could see people. Stop it. D says, uh, laughing out loud on my three-mile run this morning. Oh, God. Please, I do not want to hear from anybody who's fit. Okay, because I'm not fit. The producer's not fit, even though he rides a bicycle. This is some half-hearted attempt to try and convince me that, you know, this is the way forward. It's not. it, It doesn't make any difference at all to him. It really doesn't. I don't want to go cycling. I don't have a bicycle. If I... He's got, a spare bi- he's got a spare bicycle. That's how rich he is. As- have you ever heard of people not only just having one bicycle, but having a spare bicycle? Uh, wicked, bad, gnarly, uh, all developed around the same time, the mid-80s, West Coast America. Uh, just because of your ignorance doesn't mean Joey Essex came up with it. I didn't say he came up with it. Just because you're deaf. You need to listen properly. I didn't say Joey Essex came up with it. I said they gave him certain words to use. You must listen properly. It's not your fault you're a bit sick, is it? And I mean that in the literal sense. Uh, Dee's still running. Uh, trucker Kevin here. He said, Woolwich Ferry has just announced it's closed due to staff shortages. Nothing to do now but park up and listen to the programme. There you go. What a blissful way to spend the morning. Although I'm only here till seven. But, uh, so we'll, we'll have a check on the Woolwich Ferry for you and find out. That's going to upset a lot of people, isn't it? I like a ferry. I like a ferry. I like the car ferries, Dover to Calais and all that. I don't like Dover, but I quite like... The Woolwich Ferry, not that exciting, is it? Oh, right. Just in my mind, it it seems, you know, like a romantic kind of thing. Front page of the Telegraph this morning. um, Paddington 2, the bear triumphs once again. Of course he does, because he's Paddington. And we'll be talking about Paddington uh, tomorrow. Uh, John Humphreys says, don't invite me to dinner. Never had any intention. Never crossed my mind at all. I always hate it. You know, he he does uh, mastermind, doesn't he? Can somebody explain to me? They, they have these programmes. We have Mastermind, we have Eggheads and everything else. And we have other things, uh, other programmes, where they pad for time. So John Humphreys will get people on um, and they'll go on to Mastermind. And then halfway through, he'll start talking to them. I don't care about them. You know, so, so tell us, you live in Sheffield. And what is it you do? Riveting. I mean, I don't care about these people. They do it on the chase. But the worst ones are when they do it on a quiz show. OK, so there's... Or, or filling that one of the reality shows where they're getting rid of somebody. And if, if they do it on a bake-off, they'll go, and the person who's leaving us today is... I then go to the toilet, go make a cup of tea, come back in, and they still haven't announced it. You know, Philip Schofield, classic bad example of that. You know, so on the cube today, we're going to be not seeing... And then just Wait. It's so annoying. They do it on eggheads. So, your team are violinists from Czechoslovakia. Who cares? Who cares? They're attention seekers who want to be on the television. Very boring. Very, very boring. So, John Humphreys could be probably equally boring. And uh, he says, I'd be the last person I'd invite to a dinner party. He says, as he cannot stop himself playing devil's advocate. It's a bit like the people who appear on uh, Come Dine With Me. Oh, what a bunch of weirdos. Mind you, even worse, four in a bed. 
Why four in the bed? I've got no idea, because there's far more than four on the programme. Perhaps they're doing one of those sort of wife-swappy things, you know, where you throw your keys in the middle and go home with the fridge-freezer. Uh, Boris has told a million Poles they can stay. Does he mean Polish people? Well, let's call them Polish people, shall we? As opposed to Poles, thank you very much indeed. So that's good. He said you are loved, you are welcome, your rights will be protected. That's good. There you go. Anybody else we're, we're keeping in before we shut the gates and build the wall? I'm hoping loads of people. Loads of people. Uh, but there will be a load of people who want to go back anyway. They probably don't want to stay here. Front page of the Times this morning. Neo-Nazis in plot to murder Labour MP. Alleged members of the far-right group are charged. And um, this person here, somebody called Shabazz Suleiman, a former grammar school pupil who went to Syria to fight for ISIS. In a series of encrypted messages, he's described how he fled the rubble of the caliphate and hopes to return home to face the law. I don't think we want people back. I really, I'm sorry. I've said that before. I, I, anybody goes over there to fight with ISIS, you stay over there. You stay there. You've made your bed. You're blooming well lying it. Former soap actor speaks out against theatre chief. And this is Tracy Ann Oberman said that a theatre director was disinhibited and, provoc- and provocative. Do you remember the, the one who was the photographer whose name I can't remember now? Terry Richardson. He was the one that they're not using with Condé Nast or anything else like that. And I didn't realise, but he, he used to film a lot of people whilst he was stark naked as well. There was a picture of him on one of the papers. I'd, I'd completely forgotten about it. And then I went online and there's loads of naked pictures of him because he took photographs of people whilst he was naked. Is this normal? Is this normal? Honestly, I've never heard anything like it in my life. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Do you know, I don't think we'll ever understand the shooting of JFK, will we? We, we will never understand. There's so many conspiracy theories. And also, what's in these documents that they're saying, oh, we, we can't show you that? Well, I mean, what do they say? Are they naming somebody who they think was the person who perpetrated the crime? It wasn't Lee Harvey Oswald. It wasn't anybody else because that was done by somebody else. And the bullet came in from this angle. And this was this. And, and that was that. And I think to myself, either way, either way, it happened a long, long time ago. But I remember it so well. Absolutely so well. There's so many things. How many years? 54 years. Good Lord. That's a bit frightening, is it? No, we don't remember it. I've <laughs> just realised. Uh, Steve, I bought a CD with firework noises when my puppy was very young and played it to train him so they were OK. So he's now never bothered by fireworks. Cheryl's in Milton Keynes. But uh, you're right. I mean, but the trouble is people nowadays, nobody trains puppies anymore. I think that's very sad. Uh, Joey Essex, made up name. I wish it was. There's a whole family of them. There's another woman called Essex, and she's in that ridiculous dating programme. And she's another one who seems to think she's some sort of celebrity. The most ghastly programme where they put sort of naff reality show people on this to see if they can find a partner. None of them ever do, of course. So, uh, so Kevin, he said, uh, but he does seem to be doing very well uh, out of pretending to be thick. Yes. I don't know if he's still got his shop in Brentwood. I've, I've no interest in it. Trouble is, if they're not on the television all the time, people lose interest. People lose interest. Uh, somebody says, uh, can you mention the name of film again, Christine? It's called Breathe. Breathe. And it's a, it's a true story. It'll be at the cinemas and you'll catch it very quickly. Simon says, I'm going into town to get your Christmas present today. I've narrowed it down to Bross's greatest hits. Come on, you know that doesn't exist. You can't get that. Sarah Harding's autobiography or tickets for the Katie Price tour. Any preferences? Well, the Sarah Harding autobiography is not so much a book, more a pamphlet. OK, and the Katie Price tour. Well, I could I could have any ticket on that one because uh, seats available at all prices. Uh, 
The pricey is always wrong. The pricey is always Botoxed. The pricey just looks ridiculous. Front page of The Sun. Be afraid, be very afraid. The Westminster Women's Secret WhatsApp group. Harry had a two-year crush on Meghan before they met. Why has Harry not written to the Press Complaints Council saying, I'm sorry, I've already told the papers once, leave for a loan. And here they are. She's, she's not making any more suits, so we were told. She's met the Queen, so we were told. You know, she had an hour-long meeting with the Queen. Talking about what? The Queen won't know who she is. She's got no idea what she's in. What? Who is she? She's in suits, Grandmama. So what do you mean she's in suits? What does that mean? She'll be sitting there with, with Philip going, get on to Amazon. Get, get one of these programmes. We'll, we'll watch it. God, it's boring. You know, it's almost as bad as watching that one with um, Mark Wright's wife in. I watched a bit of that the other day. How much makeup is she wearing? And she's supposed to be in the army. Obviously not the army any ladies listening would identify with. Daily Express this morning. I've not had a good fruit and veg story for ages, and this one isn't a good fruit and veg story. You've apparently got to wash it. Well, I've never washed it. Well, I mean, you know, occasionally I might sort of drip it under a tap, but that's about it. Uh, migrants send our population soaring, calls for tighter controls. And E by Gum, Harry's lass Megan hails from Yorkshire. You know, depending on how far back you want to go. You know, you'll probably find out it was a criminal family or something. And they, they were living in Yorkshire. I mean, somebody's got to live there. I suppose if you trace your lineage back far enough. I'm always fascinated by that. Finding it. My uncle, Stan, who's not with us anymore, started doing the family tree which I thought was quite good, because it, it, but then you, you sort of get to that point where you can do it through parish records and then you kind of hit a brick wall. Uh, now, of course, we've got um, the internet and you can do it probably quite quite easily. They do them on the television with celebrities where they discover that sort of, you know, halfway through, you discover that sort of a relative of yours was hanged as a sheep stealer or something. The uh, producer says his cousins have done it and found a cousin of ours in New York. Oh, right. Well, let's go and leave him there. <laughs> Because sometimes, you know, it's, I mean, it's exciting. I mean, there's, there's, everybody must have relatives somewhere. I'm secretly hoping that one of my relatives owns a diamond mine in South Africa and they just haven't bothered to tell me about it. That's what I want, you know, that's what I would be happy with. I don't want anybody just turning up on the doorstep, which is why I can, I can tell you now, don't ever, 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 if I only give you one piece of advice, when you go to America, the Americans are crackers for one thing. Business cards. Business cards. Everybody gives you business cards. You go out to do an interview, the PR gives you a business card. You go to the bank, they give you a business card. You check into the hotel, they give you a business card. You know, you bump into somebody in a bar, hi, you look really, have a business card. You come back with hundreds of the blooming things. Be warned. You might say to them, hey, if ever you're in London, pop in. They do. They do pop in. I was at home one day, some years ago, I'd met somebody in, in Vienna and I said, oh, if ever you're in London, look me up. I get a phone call. Hi, Steve. Oh, hi, how are you? I'm just on my way to Twickenham. What? Um, I'm not in Twickenham. Oh, right. I, I thought I'd stay for a couple of nights. I'm not in Twickenham, I've moved. Person from Vienna means nothing to me. Oh, Vienna. It's a, you know, it's a case that you don't want them turning up. They turn up, all these people turn up all the time. So be warned, be warned, you know, unless you really want your... And, and they think it's perfectly normal. You know, and you could probably do the same. I don't want somebody popping into the... No, thank you very much indeed. Uh, the Daily Mail this morning, arrest figures plunge by half. And uh, Olivia Coleman will replace Claire Foy, who is also starring in this film Breathe, OK, uh, as Elizabeth... The second in the hit Netflix TV drama, The Crown, from 2018. So we're having a bit of a, a change. Uh, also, My Anger at Fergie by Royal Dog Walker, sacked for having an affair with Prince Andrew's butler. 
I mean, I couldn't quite work out why Prince Andrew had a butler. Perhaps he can't do anything at all. And Sarah Ferguson, who calls Andrew her rock. Make up your own jokes, I think, because she's very misunderstood. I think she just opens her mouth and we get misunderstood. Uh, the Daily Star, Pam gets naked. Woo, there's a shock for everybody. Old woman takes clothes off. Fantastic. Not the first time. And, of course, we have seen quite a bit of Pam. Thank you very much indeed. EastEnders shock knife attack. Clown scenes. Soap blasted for irresponsible plot. I must be the only one who's not seeing clowns. Everybody else sees clowns. I don't see clowns anywhere. Why do people have gone mad on clowns all of a sudden? Are these sort of clown masks? Apparently they've actually done it on um, with Holly Willoughby and Frankie Talented Bridge, serving up the glamour, joining forces for um, uh, this uh, celebrity juice. I'd love to know what their audience fit. I can't see anybody watching it. It's the biggest pile of rubbish I've ever seen on the television. Keith Lemon is the most unfunny person ever. It's just filth and depravity. It's just rubbish. Sad old man, honestly. And, that, and so, so now you've got Frankie Bridge on there with her husband. Another interesting footballer. <laughs> Ask anybody about footballers. I like the idea, though, that a few people have now told me they are also training puppies to try and get over the noise. I know dogs that don't like... And I've seen them done on the television. They, um, they sort of... They don't like motorbikes that backfire or cars that backfire. You don't really hear cars backfiring now, do you? Well, certainly not round our way. But we did have an incident with a, a little uh, moped rider, which I was... Uh, I was sort of keen to find out about the other day. The uh, front of the mirror. Drunk Brit, jailed for jet rampage. Another sad, depressing person. I've noticed that she cried as she was led off to the cell. What do you think it was going to be? Given a Toblerone, dear, and sort of pat on the bottom. Oops, sorry, that's George Bush Jr., senior, uh, who's done it. There's going to be more people coming out. He apparently does it all the time. Uh, wedding joy and tears, bride, the greatest gift, bride saved by lung transplant, is walked down the aisle by the dad whose tragic girl donated her organs. Isn't that amazing? I like, a, I like an uplifting story, and that is an uplifting story. Uh, bungling thieves pull an Italian job in ATM Blast. Thieves used explosive to blow up a cash machine, but uh, unfortunately it knocked down trees and signposts. It was in a, a retail park. Uh, not particularly clever, is it? This was in County Durham. Police said it's not known yet if the suspects managed to get away with any cash as uh, investigations were at an early stage. We had them round our way. They, they did one that they blew up. They didn't get anything out of it at all. In fact, the, the police caught them very shortly. So <laughs> you always get stupid people, don't you? But uh, they're the ones that we like and we like reading about them. I didn't tell you this morning, I completely forgot to tell you, uh, that we managed to find three benefit fraudsters. You know, ones who conveniently forgot to tell the department that there had been a change of circumstances. So, again, you see, I would just go around to the house and take everything. So, what are you getting? Well, you've thieved £34,000. We want it all back. The television. Do you have a receipt for that? That's what they do on Can't Pay, We'll Take It Away. They go, he goes, you can't take that car. It's my wife's. Do you have a receipt? Sorry? Do you have a receipt? They're either deaf, these people, or playing stupid. And, uh, and then they go, no. Well, we're going to take it because you can't prove that it is your wife's car. It's ridiculous. Seriously, it's ridiculous. Anyway, that's just about it for uh, for this morning. So I hope that you will join me tomorrow morning. As I said at the beginning of the programme, thank you very much indeed for the spike. You know, we, we cling on to it for uh, for another few months and then we go through the same routine again. I'm hoping by the time we get to uh, to the next one, it'll be even better. Even better. So thank you very much indeed for that. And thank you for uh, for listening to LBC. But there is now uh, another reason, because I've tried to explain this as best I can, because we've got um, an app which you can download for the iPhone. OK, which means that when you 
download it for your iPhone, you can stream all of the LBC programmes for free on this new catch-up feature. You can pay, in which case, from as little as £2 a month, you get to keep all of the downloads. If you stream it, you just get to hear it again. And all you have to do is go to the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. And so you can listen back and you can listen to LBC. It doesn't matter whether you're going to Vegas or wherever. You just click on the app and you're listening to LBC. How cool is that? Tomorrow morning, my two celebrity guests, Hugh Bonneville and Andrew Garfield. You will not want to miss it. Spider-Man meets meets, um, Paddington 2's father, Mr Brown. Not his father. He doesn't have a father, does he? As far as we know. Anyway, uh, coming up at 10 as James O'Brien takes a short break. It's the final day of Guest Host Week on LBC. Today we welcome the Mayor of London, Sadiq Khan. And today he's joined by the Labour leader, Jeremy Corbyn, who'll be taking your calls. But coming up next, with breakfast, it's Nick Ferrari. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am. 